Hi everybody, Rob from the Hooked On podcast, How To Be Great here. Look, we enjoy doing what we do, for the love of it, it's wrestling, enjoy it, remember? But if you do feel like dropping us a few quid to help us out, be our guest. We don't expect it, but we will appreciate it. Thanks ever so much for your support. Don't forget, it's wrestling, enjoy it. Someone has listened to something I have said. It has been more than a decade involved with wrestling in some manner, way, shape or form. And finally, someone has listened. More in just a second, but let's start the show. Good evening, everyone. My name's Rob McNichol, and joining me on the other end of the line is my old friend, showbiz Paul Benson. How you doing, Paul? This is going to be unbearable, isn't it? I don't know what you mean. Anyway, we'll start the show off, we'll start the show off with uh, our new letters section. And uh, I'd like to read out a letter... Uh, from uh, from Hunter from Stamford who says cheers Rob thanks mate check in the post um, if you don't know what I'm talking about we're going straight on to it I don't care if you don't know what I'm talking about on this very podcast what was it about five weeks ago would you say it was long ago was it ish ish something like that somewhere in the last two months anyway I came up with Rob's big idea I plugged it for two or three days I said I've had a big idea great new idea and I came on air and I said what they should do in WWE, their next classic, if you will. We've had the Dusty Tag Team Classic and then we had the May Young Classic and we've had the Cruiserweight Classic and the British Classic and all that kind of thing. I said their next classic should be mixed teams. Now, I will say what it may what looks like happening is not exactly what I came up with, but we can't have everything. But I had I pitched this idea of a tournament with mixed teams uh, with the whole idea being there'd be a women's match and a, and a men's match and if... It was 1-1, then the rubber match was the the, uh, the mixed tag, and then you go on to the next round. Um, and I had this whole idea about how it would be good TV, watching these teams come together, be fun dynamic going forward. Um, I don't think it's going to be as prominent as I would have liked. I don't think it's going to be done in the same way that I suggested, but I've come pretty close, I think. Yeah, I think you're close enough to call this one a win, mate. Yes. I think that I think that's fair. They're, they've got a mixed tag team tournament and they're promoting the bejesus out of it already, using it as their first ever social, uh, Facebook watch program, which they'll be Facebook will be paying handsomely for. Um, so therefore, it's automatically, you know, capital letters, a big deal. So yes, like the stopped clock, mate, you have finally got one right. Yes, it's my second one ever. <laughs> um, my other, my only other one was of, the, of a of a level of success was. Do you remember when um, Jeff Hart was? Uh, was yeah. When, when was it? When Jeff did Jeff Hardy keep getting attacked? I think is what it was, and everyone decided it was Christian. Do you remember that? No. Yes, 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 yes. Everyone decided it was going to be Christian, and all the way along I went, but that doesn't make sense. It makes way more sense if it's Matt. And I kept on about it. No, 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 no. It says on the internet it's Christian. Blah, 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 blah. And I kept on saying, but, but the Matt thing makes so much more sense. And there's a clue here. And it'll be Matt. And then Matt turned on Jeff at the pay-per-view. And I have never known my phone go so crazy at 2 o'clock in the morning. 
but the, the amount of people that have stayed up for the uh, pay-per-view, including me at that time, and my phone just went crazy with people going, bloody hell, you were right! And it was, uh, some people have insisted that it was meant to be Christian, and then they changed the idea because of what was got out on the internet. I choose to believe that I was right all along. Um, and I choose to believe on this occasion that, um, actually, uh, that's probably not very fair to me to suggest that the, uh, the, uh, the frankly sometimes rather paltry listening figures to this show um, <laughs> suggest that uh, anyone <laughs> in any position of power in Stamford, Connecticut is listening in or indeed looking at our Facebook page and going, that's Rob, a good idea. I imagine for something like this to get onto Facebook Watch, it needed a bit more than about three or four weeks of planning. Um, no. And here, clearly, here, clearly Hunter is a listener. It's quality, mate, not quantity. Here's the other thing, by the way, that I will say is different to my idea. I didn't suggest it could be on Facebook Watch, because I'll tell you for why, I don't know what the fuck that is. I have never heard ah. of Facebook Watch until approximately... 2 p.m. this afternoon when I got well, a, when I got a tweet from uh, regular listener Daniel Hurley um, basically saying Rob it's coming true or Rob they're doing it and I was like well bloody hell does that mean and I had to follow back on what he was responding to and it turned out that they'd made this announcement so thank well, you Daniel to Mark uh, mark my words I had a meeting with Facebook back in October um, to present to me all about Facebook Watch it's coming to the UK properly it's already in the states it's coming to the UK properly in about March time next year believe me it is the future you're going to know all about it very very soon so basically it's, it's watching Facebook on your arm on your watch, wristwatch no nothing to do with a wristwatch nothing, nothing to do with your watch essentially it's their way of cutting YouTube out of the equation there's all these there's all these content creators aren't they like big example being WrestleTalk who put their stuff up on YouTube and then use Facebook to drive traffic to it well, Facebook thinks, screw that for a game of soldiers. Why do we want to drive traffic to YouTube so they can make the revenue? So now these content providers can drive traffic from Facebook to Facebook Watch and have the adverts around that. And you're going to have all sorts on there. It's going to be short form, long form content. It's going to be advertiser supported. You're going to be able to curate your own playlists like Netflix. It is, mate, it's, it's basically, imagine the digital video model or the various different vi digital video models that are out there now. Facebook have kind of brought them all together and part and partnered that up with what is the biggest social network in the world. It's going to be a Goliath. It's going to be a game changer. Um, so we think, is it going to be bigger than... Oh, crikey, I forgot the name of it. That would have, have been quite a good joke if it wasn't for the fact that my brain was appalling. What was the, <laughs> uh, what was the, the seven-second video thing that WWE were getting involved with? Oh, um... Yeah, Vine. Was it Vine? No, 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 not Vine. It was a competitor to Vine, wasn't it? They, it was for about three months on WWE. They would not shut up about it. Yeah, it was constantly was on their it? show. Yeah. It was obviously so successful that we can't remember the name of it. This is one of those bits where yeah, listeners are going, "It's called so and so," and shouting uh, in their cars and in the gym or wherever they are right now, and uh, confusing onlookers by shouting the name of a defunct social network. We'll think of it before the end of the show, or Paul will Google it while I'm talking. But um, anyway, so yes, so, so uh, um, poor uh, jokes aside, that does sound like it's a, a very, very interesting format. And if WWE are at the, for, uh, the forefront of it, does that mean we can't watch it then? If it's uh, if we're not getting Facebook Watch until March? No, we'll be able to, we'll be able to watch it in some way. I'm, uh, well, I mean legally, but... No, um, no, I mean, there'll be, there'll be a way. There'll be, right. We'll be able to watch it, yeah. Good, because uh, getting on to the concept itself, if you wonder what, what we're talking about on the... Uh, we're sort of skirting around. We are recording this on Wednesday, um, and uh, 
Yeah, literally today, WWE have announced the uh, what they're calling the Mixed Match Challenge. I don't like the name, but then I will admit that I couldn't think of a good name myself. I was trying to come up with something. <laughs> I think I, I think I wanted to call it the Randy and Liz Classic, um, but it was even then it was that wasn't a very good name because Liz wasn't a wrestler, so we couldn't really think of a name ourselves. So fair play, it is a difficult no. thing to come up with. Um, what they seem to essentially have done is they've revealed the Raw and SmackDown participants, and they've said there's going to be a bunch of teams out of this lot. Um, yeah. But it really strikes me that they're going for the... Um, not necessarily the... Well, I, suppose, <laughs> I was going to say, it probably won't be quite as worked as X Factor. Um, but it's um, they're going for the sort of X Factor strictly sort of interaction, aren't they? It seems that like you can vote for things. I don't think you'll be voting people off of the show, but I think no. it seems, seems like you'll be able to vote for who wrestles who and who's teaming with who. And certainly for the, for the start, you can vote for which of the New Day take part and I think there's something else that you can oh, you can vote for which which is the final raw competitor to get into the into the bracket yeah so they're, they're um, going for a few things obviously I imagine that you'll be doing through Facebook to uh, uh, to, to decide yeah and you can be able to the same you'll be able to vote for match stipulations interact with the competitors while it's ongoing it's essentially WWE going whole hog on the social media front it's a whole new format and who knows I'm going in with my eyes open I'm not going to sort of poo poo it it could be absolutely fantastic or it could be an absolute dog's dinner um, but it's really going to be interesting because it's something going to completely new really getting into bed with you know new media for the first time ever um, and it, I like the idea I know it's obviously a work but saying the prize is $100,000 to give to charity now actually saying that that probably won't be a work. They probably will give a hundred thousand dollars to ch- to a charity. They will. They will. Um, but you know, will, will will that genuinely be the um, choice of the winner? Obviously, the winner is predetermined, so maybe not. Um, who knows? Who knows? No, but it's interesting. As, as long as someone gets it, do you know what I mean? That's that's, yeah. a, that's a good gesture, and you know, we shouldn't. I like like you say. I mean, there are certain things in wrestling where you go oh, work, but no, I. I strongly imagine WWE will give that money away because first of I all, agree. first of all, hundred thousand pounds is absolutely sod all to WWE, um, and secondly, um, it wouldn't be worth their while to try and work that and give it to a dodgy charity and have the uh, the bad PR. Um, Correct. That would that would backfire. Um, you said this could be you know um, something wonderful or a dog's dinner. I think it can be both, and I think it can be both because of the different demographics that exist for wrestling. This strikes me as a very. Uh, this could be like this is a young person's show, and they probably look at their branding all the time and think, although they've gone for the um, the sort of PG family friendly uh, approach over the years in terms of the uh, the certification, I think they'll probably find that their average viewer age is probably still older than they would like it to be. Yes. Um, and they're trying to break into some younger markets. We've seen lots of things along the lines of, you know, their link ups with. Uh, Mattel and things like that we've told the story on the podcast your son who's not yet four years old mm. knows who John Cena is because he watches Scooby-Doo yep do you know what I mean exactly. it's like he, Samuel doesn't watch wrestling but he knows The Rock and Cena and a couple of others because of Scooby-Doo so WWE want to get into those sort of markets now I'm not saying we're talking that we're aiming at the same at the, at audience as Scooby-Doo here but clearly the people that are going to be early adopters of something like Facebook Watch are going to be a younger demographic. Uh, you work in that sort of industry a lot more than I do, so you need the, you need the ins and outs. But it's not something that, that I would necessarily know about. I'm only 33, folks. I'm not suggesting I'm an old man. But um, 
that does suggest to me it's a young demographic thing, which suggests to me that the kind of wrestling and the kind of humour and the kind of dynamic on the show will probably be reasonably straightforward as well. Um, and there might be some little bits of gimmickry and a bit, little bits of silly comedy. I can see them not taking it overly seriously uh, over the um, over the tournament in terms of the presentation to the audience. So I can certainly see some traditionalists going stompy foot. This isn't wrestling. You know, I want my you know NWA filmed in front of 27 people in a warehouse um, and forgetting that this is uh, that wasn't working in 1987, let alone 2017. Um, yeah. So I think there will be people that have already decided they hate it. Um, there will be people that have already said that they love it and that the, uh, the the truth will be will lie somewhere in between but I suspect there will be people that enjoy the new format just have some fun with it it's a three month thing it's a I think it's a one hour show for 12 weeks isn't it um, I think so yeah they're doing. interestingly it seems to be up against 205 Live now whether or not people actually watch something like 205 Live at the time you know because you know, I'm so used to watching things on demand these days I don't really think about what times things are on. I just think about when they become available. Like for, no, quite. For, for, for example, one of my favourite shows that's on anywhere is um, Dave Gorman's Modern Life is Goodish, which is on uh, UK Gold or Dave or I don't even see, I don't even know what channel it's on. I think it's on Dave. But all I know is it's on on a Tuesday, and from Tuesday night onwards, I can watch it on my app on my iPad. Yeah. I, don't, I don't have the channel on my telly. I can just watch it on my iPad, and I just know on a Tuesday it's available. The same as all my podcasts. I know that. I can get Bruce on a Friday, and I can get you know Edge and Christian on a Friday, and I can get Jim Ross on a Wednesday, and it's you know certain days. I just know when they come available, and it's you're hoping that it's up at a reasonable time if you can listen to it at that point during the day. So you're not necessarily going, oh, it starts at seven o'clock at night. It is available that day to watch. So they might just be saying, oh, if they watch, if you watch 205 live, then you will watch it at any point. But it does seem to me that. Uh, <laughs> 205 is certainly one that they'll just drop like a bad habit if they've got a chance well, to, to get on board with the new Facebook thing. It's like you said, different audiences, isn't it? So 205 Live caters to you know the hardcore fans who've got the network by its very nature of transmission, whereas Facebook Watch, they're trying to go something completely the opposite direction. They're trying to go really wide, like you know, well beyond their traditional fan base. So it's almost as if, yeah, the two shows are you know on in inverted commas at the same time. But they're not really competing with each other for the same eyeballs. No, they'll be not trying. Really. No, you're right. You're right. It's a different. It's a different group of people. So, um, it's showing their their variety. I think showing their range and uh, and that kind of thing. And um, getting onto the actual nuts and bolts of it. Not that we know too many um, things at this point. Uh, too many details, I should say. Um, but I did catch one tweet when I was first looking at it early this afternoon. And the reason I'm, I'm bringing it up is because it's one of the uh, one of the pairs that I suggested um, when we were talking about it, because we were talking about not only you know your pairs such as uh, Rusev and Lana, or you know others like um, whichever Uso it is that's going out with Naomi and all that yeah. kind of thing, um, but we also suggested a couple of others that fit. And I said, because I don't think you really followed it in the same way that I did. I don't, I'm not quite sure. But certainly, someone I've had a conversation with lately didn't quite catch it. Forgive me if it wasn't you. But the whole um, Finn Balor and Bailey thing. Oh yes. Which was loads and loads of fun when they were doing it in NXT. Um, perhaps I'm sorry if I'm doing you a disservice, mate. Maybe it was someone else. Oh no, no, I've, I've not really followed it much. Okay, well it was yeah. Okay, maybe it was you because they did so many little, just little things at house shows and that kind of thing. It was it was a blast. They obviously had a really good chemistry. And almost immediately today, Finn tweeted something like, "Please, I please, saw please, that. please, 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 please let me team with Bailey or something like that," which I thought was really cool. And I like it when they remember 
you know, this wasn't even really a storyline. It was just something they were playing around with. No, it was just well, NXT yeah. house shows and online, but it became a bit of a thing, didn't it? And they called them Baylor, which sounds a little bit like a Lord <laughs> of the Rings character to me. But, um, but uh, yeah, so I'd like Baylor to be involved. That'd be great fun. My my dream team, my wish is Beauty and the Beast, Braun and Alexa. <laughs> I just think that would be so good in so many ways. It also could uh, be um, two things on your Christmas list, of course. You might want some shaving products and uh, an intuitive um, voice-controlled... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it might just be things you want to buy. That's very true. But in all seriousness, you know, for so many reasons, that would be such a good pair. A, just because of the ridiculous size difference, which would look great anyway. But also because of, you know, you can almost imagine how Alexa would react to Braun at the start of it and like them warming to each other as the thing went along or at least tolerating each other and Alexa trying to manipulate. I just think it'd be great. I just think that well, to me, that's such a good pairing. Right. You're, you're, we are not going to have another long, winding, rambling Braun Strowman discussion on this podcast, right? <laughs> I, I forbid it, but I hope you are joking because that is such a short-term game for a long-term loss. If they put any sort of emotion into Braun Strowman... No, 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 no. He's no, kiboshed. Sorry. They cannot have him... If they do that, they have to get beat quite early. No, I'm talking more from Alexa's point of view than Braun's. Like, Braun would just stay the same. He's a force of nature, isn't he? But Alexa would be absolutely disgusted by him at first. But as long as they he helped her win then uh, I think she'd warm to him quite quickly. Well, we definitely talked about, didn't we, the, the idea that they could be segments on Raw where she's sort of going from man to man trying to sort of, you know, blink her, blink their eyes at him. Um... I, I think, did we come down to it being Alexa and... Oh, crikey, who did we suggest? I remember it being sort of a suggestion of a sort of Sonny and Phineas Godwin sort of relationship Something whereby, like whereby you know, Alexa would batter her eyelids at a bloke that would help her and then... You know, once the tournament's finished and he shows a bit of interest, she's like, get lost, creep. Like, yeah. all, all she was trying to do was use him for the tournament. So that would be what her character would do. But I'm not sure about Braun fitting down. I think Braun would just do his own thing. I'd, I'd rather see someone that was, um, you know, really working hard to please her and then she just ditches him like a bad habit. Oh, well, we'll see. Let, well, let's have a look. Who are the competitors? Let's have yeah. a look from the Raw side. Yeah, I, 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 did, just... I had it up in front of me, but... Um, Unfortunately, we're letting uh, daylight in upon magic here, folks. Me and Paul took about 20 minutes trying to start this conversation because our, our Wi-Fi and internets are rubbish in our tiny little village communities. Um, so I completely knacked. So I restarted my computer and I haven't gone back to the page. So I'll, uh, I'll allow you to find the... Uh, I'm just pulling page. it up now. I'll what? Two seconds. While you do, I'll bring up uh, just one more little issue. It'd be interesting to see how they go about picking the teams. Um, I think it's, this is going to start middle of January so we've yeah. got we've got about three or four weeks I don't know if they're going to um, be broadcasting live I don't know if they're going to be filming in sections I don't know any of those details yet maybe you do mate but um, nope. all I know is that they've got a few weeks until um, the kickoff, and so I would imagine we're going to see some bits and bobs about how the teams are put together I think they said that the teams are going to be announced from something like the 4th of January onwards um, okay so we've got a couple of weeks where I would imagine we're going to see the odd little segment on TV, but probably mainly social media. That would be my suggestions. I can see there being lots of um, little clips of course. on Facebook, of course. mainly of them, you know, having little chats and, and working out who they're going to team with, and you know, and then announcing it that way. So um, I would expect to see plenty of that upcoming. 
again it's to test the waters to see just how many engagements they're able to get with people and especially if they can start to say you know Alexa or for whoever could say I'm going to announce my partner you know on Facebook live at 10pm tonight or whatever and just see how many people tune in um, I can see them doing a few of those things just to just to test the waters um, have you well, found, found the list? yep yep so the list is so we've got from Raw you've got Alexa Bliss Alicia Fox Asuka Bailey, Braun Enzo More Finn Balor Gold Dust Nia Jax uh, The Miz and Sasha Banks as well as a mystery competitor or, or, or a to be decided competitor should I say and then from Smackdown you've got Becky Lynch Bobby Roode Carmella Charlotte Flair Jimmy Uso Lana Naomi Natalia Rusev Sami Zayn Shinsuke Nakamura and a member of the New Day so is, is there's there some anything, good potential there is there anything to suggest that the teams have to be brand versus brand well I wondered that and I didn't see that would be the case at all to be honest because I did see I didn't actually watch the videos but I did see that there was some reference earlier on that I saw to Daniel Bryan putting up a message and Kurt Angle putting up a message which just suggested to me that it might be some sort of Raw v Smackdown thing but from what I read it, I just read that it's um, competitors from Raw and Smackdown which could mean either way couldn't it but I hope they don't worry too much about the brand split because that could make some even more interesting pairings doing it doing it that way you know there's, 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 there's plenty on there well look you know you could go like Finn Balor and Bailey. Obviously, they're they're both on the same brand. But you could do something like Sami Zayn and I don't know, Sami Zayn and Asuka or something like that. Something really random. Sami Zayn, Sami Zayn, Asterix. Um, assuming he doesn't get fired on Sunday. Funnily enough, I don't think he will. You know. Well, I'm just I'm just saying, I'm just saying. <laughs> or you know, the the Miz and. Charlotte, that'd be a very cool pairing. Oh, I like that. The figure four and the figure yeah. eight and the whole. Yeah, exactly. See, see, exactly. see he's a prime. He is a prime candidate for. There's a story there, right? The Miz, um, as we know on TV, is married to the beautiful Maurice, who is pregnant with Miz's child, who they have done um, online TV about. Uh, online TV, uh, current TV about. Um, yeah including what I thought was Miz basically being a baby face against Baron Corbin standing up for his pregnant wife yep. so they are they are willing to bring it into TV what if Miz were to have a partner who he happened to spend a bit more time with on television oh the old Strictly Come Dancing curse isn't it <laughs> that's a great shout yeah that's exactly what, what it is if, and that happens what if every Miz, series what if Miz was Brendan Cole <laughs> and, 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 that's basically the only one I know. I only know. I, I only know three. I know Brendan Cole. I know Anton Dubeck because he looks like Rob Brydon, and and I know Pasha. And I don't know his surname. I just know he's the bastard that's got Rachel Riley. That's all. <laughs> that's all I know. Don't need to know his surname. To me, he's Pasha the bastard. Kevin so, from <laughs> Kevin from Grimsby, mate. Kevin from Grimsby. Who's Kevin from Grimsby? Kevin Clifton, he's one of the best dance on him. He's from Grimsby. Is he? Bless you. Yeah, or, he is. your favourite son. We'll come back to that later on in this. Remind me if but, we don't... Remind me if someone wants to talk to you about that later. What about Asuka and Nakamura? Oh, Asuka Mora? That would be rock and roll, wouldn't it? Well, I mean, clearly you've gone... 
you know, with the straight Japanese connection. But yeah, I mean, it it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Well, I have. I, that's how I've obviously started the Japanese yeah. connection. But in terms of characters, they match up really well as well. Oh, I love that, and I love that way beyond just the just the show. Hmm. Absolutely. You know, I like I like that a lot more as a, just a just a good connection. Again, we're going raw v we're going raw and SmackDown there, aren't we? So, um, if they're going to um maintain their brand split then that uh, uh that would um that would change things completely um but uh i like the idea that um that there should be some logical pairings i i, I wondered for a little bit whether they were going to pair them together um you know and what am i trying to say here sort of um nxt wise you know when they when they put the nxt yeah, wrestlers yeah. with their mentors and for example, you got Miz and, and Daniel Bryan famously, and so some of them got on like a house on fire, like Jericho and Wade Barrett, and some of them, you know, didn't care for one another, like like Miz and Bryan. I understood why they did it because it got you some um, some sort of friction on on the show and and so forth. But um, I wouldn't like this. You know, this this to me this to me feels like what I, I'm disappointed they've named the names. I understand why because they're trying to say, see this thing we're doing, it's full of big names and not scrubs. Yes. That's what they're basically trying to say. Look, we can advertise this with a, a cast of characters ahead of time. So I understand why they're doing it. But I kind of wish they hadn't mentioned everybody and just mentioned a few people. Because it almost feels like this is people inviting each other to prom. Do you know what I mean? I mean I'm not very yeah. au fait with the, the okay. American... You know, I know it's creeping in over here, which is uh, uh, not a subject I want to get onto. But it's certainly the American thing is you ask someone to prom and it's like I sort of like the idea of the blokes on Raw sort of like floating around going do you want to be in the tournament with me and it's like and the girls batting in their eyes actually I shouldn't say batting their eyelids that's a bit gender uh, gender role being in the, from a generation back isn't it but um, I do think it would be a you know a fun way of doing things and you know I hope they're not just going to decide on um, you know who goes with who and just uh uh, make it so. One in, one inclusion I'm interested in is the fact that Enzo's in there. Well, Enzo and Nia Jax. They've that's been what... flirting on on Raw for the last couple of weeks. Okay, that's a little bit similar to my old um, suggestion of how they could have done Spud and Alpha Female. Uh, not yeah. a million miles off, yeah. Not the a million miles off at all. The undersized fella and the big lass, and they could, uh, you know, alternate their roles a little bit. So you think that would be a pairing? Do you? That would be the. Uh, I think that makes a lot of sense, yeah. Okay, let's let's have us let's see if we can try and sort of put something together then. Let's let's do let's assume for the time being that they'll do Raw on one side and SmackDown on the other. So you're not gonna have your um your Asuka and Shinsuke, but so if you put Naya with Enzo and we'll put Finn with Bailey, shall we? Um, Why not, yeah. Do you wanna put Braun with Alexa? I most certainly do. Okay, so it leaves us uh, Alicia and Asuka and, and Sasha. Gold. And, and then Goldust, Gold does Miz and the mystery wrestler, and the mystery wrestler. I suppose that's so, difficult to factor in. So Alicia, Alicia and Goldust seems like a good pairing. A bit that, weird, freaking her out, wacky. I tell you what, Sasha and the Miz actually has something about it. Yeah, it does. Is it really does? Even even though, you know, she's a, oh, I've got something playing in my ears. I'm on a website which has got an advert playing. I don't think that one. I don't think that's going out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um. It should just be in my uh, in my log holes. Yeah, Sasha and the Miz, that works. And then obviously that leaves you with Asuka and to be confirmed. Yeah. Okay. So we can uh, we could work with that. 
Uh, what about on the other side? So um, I think let's start start with Charlotte. I think obviously she's the the big female name. Would we well, assume that I she like, would be with a, a like, baby face character? I think so, and I'd like to horseman this stuff up, and I'd like to put her with Bobby Roode. Mm-hmm. I could see that. That's a good fit. It's a good fit. Um, I'm trying to work out what, how we sit on um, baby faces and heels as well here. I feel well, like we've got. You, I feel like we've go, got. You you go Rusev and Lana, wouldn't you? Yeah, with, and then and the Uso objects. Uso. There's no reason why Jimmy Uso's in there on his own, if not to go with Naomi. Totally, yeah, agreed. So Unless then, he's facing Naomi, of course. But no, for the purpose of this discussion, let's let's go with them together. Um, I like Becky and Nakamura. Do you? Okay. I think that goes. That fits. Becky and Nakamura, right? Okay. So what does that leave us with? It was. It leaves, it leaves us with, with Carmella. Sam, Carmella and Sami Zayn. Natalia and New and Day. Natalia and New Day. Hmm. So, Carm, well, Carmella and Big E would be quite funny. So again, well, again, they could do. You know, what would be fun again if we if we if we're going cross brand. Then what would be quite fun would be Carmella assuming that she was going to be with Enzo, and Enzo ended up with Naya. And you know that could be a, you know, a fun little dynamic on the old, uh, yeah, on the old socials yeah, yeah. because obviously she's got that connection with uh, with Enzo, and then that could lead because I still, you know, I still think there's a suggestion that Big Cass and Carmella should be a, you know, should be a I thing when when he comes back. So I think they will indeed. Um, but yeah, that's you know that that brings up the pairings really, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean it's not totally satisfactory, but I bet I bet it's not far off. Um, there'll be well, there'll be a few that we get right and a few that go wrong. I do really like the Charlotte and Bobby Roode one actually, though. That's very old school horseman country, isn't it? Which even go the whole whole nine yards and stick Rick in the Rick in their corner. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I could that see would that. be quite cool. All right, so who's winning? <sighs> assuming uh, who all know, of that, who assuming knows? All, all of those are correct, who's going to win? Baller and Bailey. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a quite a good shout, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite, it's quite a good shout. It makes me. a lot of sense. Babyface win for the first tournament. So the other, oh god, I've just realised a problem with this though. You know, what's that? Are you going to have Asuka take a loss? Or oh, the bloke loses? Well, yeah, but the, presumably we'll be in the same match. It counts. Yeah, but the bloke pins the bloke, so then you don't, you, she's still undefeated. Oh, one on one. That still, still puts an asterisk. No, mate, that still puts an asterisk against it. They've got to, you know, an, if you're an undefeated, asterisk. you're undefeated. Asterisk. No, asterisk. it doesn't mean that at it all. It does. It totally does. If no. you're undefeated, you're undefeated. If you've been beaten as part of a tag team, then you still you're not undefeated. How long was Tatanka undefeated for? Two years. Was he in the Rumble? Uh, you know nope. what? Actually, he wasn't, was he? Nope, never lost a match no. ever. Full stop, tag team or otherwise. I was going to say he must have lost the rumble, but actually now thinking about it, he wasn't. No, he, but he had whenever, matches, didn't he? Um, whenever he had a title match, he won by DQ. Uh, well, okay, that's a, a very poor example of mine then. But uh, no, I think <laughs> I think they was they simply then say that Asuka is. She's never Goldberg been. never lost a bunch of tag team matches, did he? They was he was never even in them. Um, well, but. You say she's never lost a singles match, or she's never been pinned, or she's never mm. been pinned or submitted. Not as strong. Not as strong. Nah, um, right. maybe, maybe a mistake to put her in this. Maybe she won't be in this. Maybe they'll. Maybe she'll get pulled out, and you know, maybe some. I don't know. Some hokey shit that goes on, and she ends up getting replaced by Paige or whatever. Or, or, the, or she know. wins. Or she wins. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, obviously, that's an option too. Asuka and Braun. 
<laughs> yeah, you're not stopping that pair, are you? <laughs> that's that's winning, isn't it? That's yeah, that. that's 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 the yes, yes. That's that's probably a bit too one-sided. Yeah, yeah. Because right. and that's another that's another fair point as well. There's no one on this on this list that Braun's taking a loss to male-wise, but um, but that's mitigating. Obviously, he has lost, so he he could lose as part of a tag team match, and it wouldn't be a problem. But yeah, because the know, girl loses, the girl loses, doesn't it? So it's, it's doesn't, fine. Yeah, it or, doesn't or, he loses, or he loses by DQ by beating someone up so badly. So that's know, you, it. You can get out of that. There's some fun matches on here though that could potentially arise. Like the one that strikes me, I'd love to see Braun Strowman against Rusev. That uh, yeah, and I mean, I, I think Braun, the way that they value both of them at the moment, you know, Rusev, oh, Braun, is, Rusev is in a mid-card tag act with Aiden English, and yeah. Braun is Braun is on top of Raw. So uh, I just like to see the match, and then you've got another good one would be Braun against Sami Zayn, sort of bringing that feud back, but with the face heel rolls reversed. I think that'd be yeah. interesting. Yeah, you feel like he would should spot him like a fly though, because well, he would. It'd be the, the story would be Sammy trying to stay away from him, shit scared. Yeah, running and that's away. Quite, quite interesting because it'd show how Zane's changed um, in what the year or so since they were they were facing each other. Yep, yeah, that's a that's a fair shout. Um, since we bring him up, I, we have said that we don't want to go hugely into uh, to Sunday's pay per view on this show, um, partially because I think neither you or I have got a huge amount of. Uh, you know, in, not interest, but you know, excitement for it, um, and I think that's replicated in the in the world at large. There's certainly bigger Say news, so. which we're, uh, we're we're capitalising on. Um, but uh, let's let's bring it up now, since that's one of the matches. It's an interesting looking match: Kurt Angle and Shinsuke Nakamura versus Kevin Owens and uh, and Sami Zayn. And it seems to mm. be one of those matches where I look at that match on paper and go, "Oh, that could be quite fun." That tag match, and then when they put the stipulation of if they lose, they have to, you know, leave the WWE. I sort of go, oh, that doesn't, that makes me want to watch it less. And I know I'm one that I always say, you know, oh, why should you be so interested in it if there's no, uh, you know, if there's no, uh, you know, nothing to hang your hat on and no reason for them to fight. But I don't know, it doesn't, it doesn't make me want to watch it. It makes me think, well, I think Daniel Bryan's probably going to turn heel. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I don't know, you know, it's it's an it's an match, it's an angle dressed up as a match, isn't it? This one, and I think I do kind of want to watch it um, because I want to see what transpires there. And I think you're right. I think the very very obvious conclusion is Daniel Bryan helping Sammy and Kevin, and he can totally justifiably do that from from a completely fair perspective as an employee, as the GM, because Shane is his personal vendetta has got the better of him and he just wants to fire two guys who are class acts in terms of talent so it makes total and utter sense for Daniel Bryan to want to protect those two guys um, which is one of the you know if, if you're going to turn him here what a great motivation to do it um, and I think you know certainly on the road to Wrestlemania when they're they tend to run sort of you know more established towns um, more sort of traditional wrestling crowds those three aren't going to be heels anywhere mm -hmm. they are going to be faces up and down the crowd and I think that might quite, might make for quite a fun dynamic if you've got those two those three going against Shane Orton and I'm taking Nakamura out of it because I, I, I do still think he's going to be going towards Styles for the Royal Rumble so you know whatever Shane Orton and you know Bobby Roode pick one who knows um, 
I think that might be quite fun. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. Um, what about maybe doing the old SummerSlam 1997 finish? And Shane gets so fed up, he actually he swings for um, he swings for Zane or Owens, misses, knocks out Alton, and then the heels get their win that way. And then you can do Shane Orton if you wanted to. Yeah, right. Yeah, that'd work as well, wouldn't it? I, I prefer. The... I don't like that as much, but um, there's a few options. I suppose there's a few options on the table. I'm not necessarily saying no, I like it more. I'm just saying that I'm trying to find a way of simply not having. I don't want. I don't want Daniel Bryan to turn quote unquote heel. I, you're right no. about what you say. If Daniel Bryan sides with Owens and Zayn up and down the country, they will get cheered. But I don't want Daniel Bryan to cheat. And I don't want Daniel Bryan to be a nefarious, cheaty, sneaky heel. Yes, I a, agree. A, he has no comeuppance because you can't fight him unless there's something going on that we don't know about. Uh, but if there is something going on that we don't know about and he can wrestle again, he'd be the biggest babyface in the history of bloody babyfaces. He was big enough as it was before. Can you imagine if they said Daniel Bryan's going to wrestle again? How big a babyface would he be? Oh, mate, totally. And and there's ways to play it, isn't there? Like you say, if they turn him into a if they turn him into the third spoke of that Owens um, Zane team, and he just starts being sneaky and cowardly, then it loses all credibility because Daniel Bryan isn't sneaky or cowardly. But if they portray him as a strong leader who's standing by his principles and standing by these two guys because Smackdown is the land of opportunity and guys like this need opportunities standing up for those indie guys that were kept down against the corporate machine of Shane Orton and again you know pick 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 somebody else from that from that corporate world um and Miz if he was on Smackdown would be a really ooh, good ooh, fit ooh, there oh Cena bring Cena back well, I just thought that, but it's not going to happen, is it? He's he's filming that TV series. He's got it's, it's just simply not happening. Um, so there'd be, there's a, I'm sure there's a few candidates if we sat and thought about it. Um, but the point is, yes, they've got it. If they want to make him go heel, in inverted commas, he's got to be a certain type of heel. He's got to be a heel that is pretty much right in what he's saying. He's just a bit bolshy and a bit arsy in the way he goes about it. They do say um, that the uh, some of the best heels uh, are motivated by, or appear to be motivated by, a real story. Do you know what I mean? Yep. So if if he cheated, but to save those two, but could cut a promo, a believable promo, to say I did this because I believe that it's more important that these two stay. Screw you, Shane, for trying to ruin the business. Actually, that's a believable story. You know, I will give them that. I don't want to see it, but it's a believable. You know, sure. rash- rationale for him cheating and going against his core values. Um, the trouble is, is what they don't help themselves with. Again, I'm going to try not to go into a fully fledged one here. But what they don't help themselves with is that I know Booker T is a Raw commentator, not a SmackDown one. Mm. Um, but Booker T has no, um, it has no sort of credo that he lives his life by. So Booker T will, will praise one baby face and praise a heel. And there's no real central pillar to what he's saying. Something's, sometimes anything goes to as long as you win, and sometimes you've got to win honourably. Well, make your mind up, mate. And too many, too many of them have done that for too long. I, I've always liked JBL as a commentator, but he did that as well. Sometimes he would go, sure. oh, no, this heel's going too far. And at other times he would go, no, you've got to do whatever you can to win. So if the re- reasoning has been for so long, you've got to do whatever you can to win and get ahead 
it doesn't really matter about being virtuous, you know, see baby faces cashing in money in the bank, then if Daniel Bryan turns on someone and by cheating, well, actually, there's no heat because they've told you before that turning on someone and cheating is actually okay. So they'll be their fools to themselves for not being able to get the proper heat because, you know, they've, they've not really tried very hard on previous occasions uh, to do so. Um, we'll move on because we want to spend ages and ages and ages on everything, but is there... Um, is there any other match on the uh, on the on the card for Clash of Champions that uh, that excites you? Um, I'm quite looking forward to see. I, I, well, I'm looking forward to seeing Bobby Roode against Baron Corbin. On the proviso, I'd like to see Bobby Roode take the title. I'm not looking forward to the match per se, um, but I'm looking forward to Baron Corbin fading into obscurity. And I'm hoping uh, that happens. I have on my list Baron Corbin versus Bobby Roode versus Dolph Ziggler. Oh, yes. Dolph Ziggler's part of it now, isn't he? You're absolutely right. Uh, well, I'll, I'll, I stand by my point. I'm not looking forward to the match, but I do want to see Roode put down that schmuck. I do think I do think Bobby... I'm not big on titles defining people, but I can... Act, Bobby Roode feels to me like the kind of guy that deserves a belt kind of for his work in the industry but also I think a belt will make someone like Bobby Roode he, Agreed. I think the whole glorious thing with the entrance and the music and the robe needs a belt and especially with this being a you know a clash of champions which is a you know an old WCW uh, you know um, name of a pay-per-view and what you're talking about him being a perfect fit to go with Charlotte in the uh the MMC because of his, you know, comparisons to Rick. Um, the the US title would feel like a the right kind of title to be on him. He feels like a definitely an NWA throwback guy with uh, his Arn Anderson um, power bomb and his Ric Flair mannerisms and and his Mr. Perfect should I say <laughs> Kurt, Kurt Hennig uh, mannerisms. So yeah, that would fit quite nicely as a as a US champion. Um, any chance that AJ drops to Jinder? I don't ever want to say no, but I, I find it quite unlikely. I suspect and hope that the Jinder experiment is done with now. Um, now they've got the India tour out of the way. I don't want to second guess it, but I yeah, like I say I've said for a while. I've I've got my eyes on Styles against Nakamura at the Royal Rumble. Yeah, you think that's that big the Rumble, match. don't you? Yeah. Mm, I do, I do, and I, I think Styles will keep it. Styles will keep it till then. And we'll see Nakamura become number one contender in relatively short order, is my hope. So, yeah, I kind of think this is a, just to get. Obviously, Styles lost, remember? His first title defense on. Uh, first match on pay per view as champion, he lost to Lesnar. Mm. So, he kind of does need this. Um, and I think it should be quite a convincing win. I'm also very much looking forward to the tag team match, the tag team title match, that four way. So, Usos, um, Usos, New Day, Shelton and Gable, Rusev and English. Yeah, I think it'd be really good. Like obviously the New Day and the Usos we've talked about in in great detail in the past. We both really love those guys. And then Rusev and English have really come into their own in the last couple of weeks to the point where you know this time next month they will be faces. Um, that's the way it looks like it's going to me. And whereas the other way, Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin seemingly are going heel if they haven't already. Um, and they're a damn good team as well um, so I think there's a lot of dynamics at play, eight good wrestlers um, I think it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun I think if you were putting 
I know, I know that uh, deciding on the best match of the night is, is is entirely subjective, but I think if you were able to place bets on the, the most solid contender for match of the night or um, that that sort of thing, tag team wrestling would be quite high at the moment, wouldn't it? When you Definitely. watch a Raw, Raw or SmackDown or a pay-per-view, your tag matches are generally, you know, as solid as you like. With teams such as these ones that we've mentioned, you know, plus teams like The Bar and, and various others, is you've got some extremely strong, or The Shield, of course, you've got some extremely strong tag acts. Um, yeah, 100%. You know, and you can you can extend that to NXT as well with DIY, Revival, etc. Mm. Yeah, Authors of Pain. So it's um it's yep. a real... You know, they they found a little, probably by accident. I'm not so. I don't think they'd have set out saying, you know, let's do this. But um, almost by accident, they found a a whole bunch of teams that they can that they can work and they can rely on. Um, I don't include Breezango and the Bludgeon Brothers. Um, Why? Also, Why on earth not? But that's also good. Actually, to be fair, I do include I do include Rowan and Breeze- Harper. I do. I, I, you know, Breezango are a good team. Oh, are fun, but. But be serious, they're not going to have great matches well, like the other ones. No, of course not. They're too cool. They're too yeah, cool. They're not that they're, great matches. They're fine. I'm not knocking them. They're fine for what they do. But actually, Harper and Rowan, I hate that stupid name, but um, if uh, if they can you know, get themselves back into the, the mix, they are worthy of being there. They're a good team. You know, definitely. They, they, oh, no, they, definitely. They fit agree. together as a good team. I still don't think Rowan's a particularly strong wrestler, but Harper's amazing. And you know they're a good team because they, they, they feel like a, a unit, so... Yeah, well, Harper's, Harper carries Rowan, doesn't he? Harper he makes Rowan credible. Um, on his own, he's, he's garbage, but those two together, you're absolutely right. It's going to take a lot to get past their crimson kick pads and stupid garb that looks more like it should be worn by the rockers. But mm-hmm. uh, but if, the, if we can get past that, then there is a very good team under there. Um, are there any others on SmackDown? So there's... there's oh, there's... Uh, well, the Hype Brothers, thankfully, have bit in the dust that they're not hype any longer um, and what else we got oh the Ascension yeah Ascent, forget that Ascension, yeah. So, I mean, heel job at over on Raw we actually um, I know injuries and stuff but we actually never mentioned the um, the Hardys if, just, just just to add another one in mm, um, yeah. just to uh, to show that they're there anyway um, there's also Charlotte and Natalia usually quite um, quite solid wrestling between the two of them but uh can't see any reason that um, that Charlotte's losing that one. Well, this seems ripe for a cash-in, really, doesn't it? With the lumberjills oh, yeah, around, with the lumberjills around the uh, ringside area, you can almost imagine she hides the briefcase under the under the ring, and while there's a melee going on, she whips it out, hands it to the ref, and one, two, three. Maybe, maybe, or would would there be too many other baby faces around, and they would? Uh... Well, they'd all be paired off with heels, wouldn't they? They'd all be paired off fighting amongst themselves. The riot squad are there. Um, all, you know, all the chaos that's ensuing, and then it'd be quite easy for Carmella to slip in unfairly undetected and just get the job done. Yep. Seems like I'm not, I'm not betting a house on it happening, but it seems like something has to go on in that match. It's a fairly nondescript match, otherwise. So something's um, got to happen. Yeah, that is, um, that is true. Um, I just want to jump back to um, to Aiden English. Yes. Um, because of him being in there with uh, with Rusev, and obviously they're playing off of the um, the amazing voice that he has. Mm. Um, which I mean, obviously he's drawn comparisons to um, lots of other acts over the years, such as the Honky Tonk Man, obviously a great singer, um, uh, obviously Van Hammer, uh, who was. <laughs> 
clearly someone that uh, had that sort of thing. Man Mountain Rock. Um, others that have been great on the um, the musical side of things. Maybe Double J, Jesse James, with his, uh, um, his, his singing himself to the ring. But also mainly they're comparing him to um, uh, to you, um, Golden Tonsils, oh. for um, having sung Sorry. on the uh, on the show here. Um, and what I am suggesting is, um, I did say at the time I would be willing to offer you a chance at revenge. Right. Now, um, we our last competition was based off of Plymouth Argyle versus Grimsby. Correct. Um, which was my team against your team. Um, when I met your <laughs> when I met your son, there we a, go couple of, a couple of weeks ago, um, your son, you you said to him, "What football team do you support?" And Samuel said, "Rotherham." Yes, he did. Because he is from reasonably near to Rotherham. I believe his grandfather is from Rotherham, if, if I'm correct. Is correct, right? yeah. His um, only football match that he's seen is a Rotherham United match. Okay, so uh, it just so happens that in three days' time I will be in Rotherham. Yes, you will. Um, because my team, Plymouth Argyle, is away to Rotherham on Saturday. I am not suggesting that you have to take this up. And I'm not suggesting that you, um, you, you would palm off any singing duties onto your son if you were to lose. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you'd have heard him in his nativity today singing away in the manger, mate, he's it, thankfully he's not a chip off the old block when it comes to the singing, that's for sure. But yes, what's sorry, a, what's a... I'm so glad you just said that. You've just reminded me of something. I watched, I watched a table of three today. That's quite a good table of three, by the way, on the network. They're quite yeah, good fun yeah, to watch. Yeah, it is. Um, and I watched the table of three earlier today, which was um, Sting, Ric Flair, and Ricky Steamboat. Yep. Now I, I love Ricky Steamboat. It's one of my absolute all-time favourites. But he referred to um, who was he? I think he was talking about Bray Wyatt being a second-generation wrestler, and he referred to him as being a chip off the old shoulder, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. It's a, it's a, also, I, I can imagine all him also giving someone the cold block. But, uh, <laughs> but, chip, off the, chip off the old shoulder. No, I th- I will take that bet, Rob. I will absolutely take that bet. I I'm not a Rotherham United supporter, but I suppose you could say they're my second team. Um, and also, they're in the same division as Plymouth, and they're at home, which gives me somewhat more of a chance. Well, this is the thing. I mean, I mean, I could I could say draw no bet, or the away team gets the draw, but I'm not going to do that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you the draw. How about that? You're gonna give me the draw, are you? you I'm gonna you, give you, just you the draw. Sick, don't you? No, no, no. I think, I think we're gonna, I think, I think, I think we're gonna win. Or do you want to do draw? We can do a draw, no bet. It's entirely up to you. But I'm willing no, to give I, you the draw. I'll, I'll take, I'll take draw the win. That's fine. Okay, okay fine. Because I, I think we're gonna win on Saturday, so uh, I'm very, very confident. So we're, uh, we're gonna bring, we're gonna bring home Rotherham-born Ryan Taylor to play against his old club, who he hardly scored any goals for. And we're going to bring back Keller Roos, who was on loan at Rotherham and was terrible. And Keller's going to keep a clean sheet, and Ryan's going to get the winner. It's because it's a perfectly scripted football uh, football scenario. A better script than anyone could come up with in any creative team, in any sports entertainment company, I'm sure. Let's see how we go. But um, I, like, I know... Uh, oh, Tout! Tout. It I was called look... Tout. It just to came be... to me. To be fair, I did look it up earlier, but the moment, the moment passed out so well <laughs> clearly i didn't wait for an appropriate moment it just it just came out of me orgasmically and i just have had you, to shout have you got social media asper not asper just social media tourette something like that so, facebook facebook my face oh this this show this show used to be quite good once April, I think it was. At least we used to have a thread to how we were doing. Now it's so LinkedIn, LinkedIn, LinkedIn. 
<laughs> oh no, then we'd have to start having discussion on whether is does LinkedIn count as social media? <laughs> is, that, is YouTube social media? Is LinkedIn social media? Does that count? Um, so we're not going to go down that road. It's uh, way too thorny. Um, let's be rather than being like a proactive, up to the minute, newfangled, you know, on the cutting edge men on social media. Let's be sheep for a minute, shall we? Ah, humbug. Let's be sheep. Um, this week dawns the third uh, sheep competition. Um, rather quickly on the heels of the second one. Um, yes. We've only done one podcast since the second one. That was a couple of weeks ago. Sorry we missed last week, but Paul and I couldn't quite uh, line up our schedules. Um, but, uh, yeah, we only did one podcast talking about the the previous sheep competition. So uh, in just a second, we'll uh, just have a quick look at the questions that we failed to address last time. I'm hoping that you've got uh, them, them in front of you. And if not, I'm stalling, yes, so you've got a chance. No, I've um, got but, those. But the new, uh, the new set has come out, um, and they are fiendish. There's some absolute <laughs> stonkers in there. Uh, and so I'm uh, well I wasn't very confident on the first actually no I was very confident on the first one I did very well and then I was reasonably confident on the second one and I didn't do very well ooh I'm not confident on this at all there's some uh, are you not real no some real guesswork on my part it was uh, I really struggled with some of them I just if you're not aware of the sheep competition I'm sure most of you are by now but uh, it's all about trying to predict what others are going to say yeah um, so it's a little bit of the uh of the family fortunes in this, but everyone is trying to predict what everyone else is trying to say. So no one is necessarily giving their what they really feel. So you might be asked, you know, um, who is the who is the best wrestler on SmackDown? That's not an actual question, but who is the best wrestler on SmackDown? Now you may think um, that it's AJ Styles, but you might think that the people are going to say Shinsuke Nakamura. So you end up saying Nakamura, and then everyone else has said AJ Styles, and you feel like a burke. Um, so it's all about just trying to gauge what other people are going to say not even what they feel necessarily but what they think they are think others are going to say mm-hmm. so you can start to second triple quadruple guess yourself which is what makes it such a great game um, so um, have you got some examples from the last one that we could just have a little quick chat about yes so that we, that we'll, we didn't cover we'll cover off a couple that we didn't talk about last time yeah um they're not. I'll be honest. The the ones I last time they're good cheap questions, but not the most interesting discussion points. So we won't labour them too long. Okay. Um, but one we didn't talk about last time was the um, one question was the best finishing move. What is the best finishing move in wrestling history? Yes. I mean that's a. That, you said that's not a good discussion point. It's a fabulous discussion point, but it needs a seven-hour podcast. Well, quite. Yes. It's not. Uh, a we good, could, it's not. It's, a, it's, not, it's not a pithy one when we're trying to move on in ten te- in ten minutes, but. Um, I found that to be uh, pretty difficult in some ways, but it, um, we had the question of what was the other? Because I mean, the the answer was Austin, wasn't it? The answer, the most popular yeah. answer was 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 the Stone Cold. The answer stunner. was the Stunner. I fully expected the answer to be the RKO or the Diamond Cutter, to be honest. Um, but we got an, an RKO was represented. Diamond Cutter wasn't surprisingly. Tombstone had a couple of. Um, I think Tombstone was the second most popular there, actually. Sweet Chin Music got a bit of love, um, and that was it, I think. Well, I, I mean, if we were talking the natural, an actual discussion, you know, you know me, I have to add, add a little extra caveats to conversations. So I'd be saying, do you mean a finishing move done by a certain person? Do you mean a certain a finishing move in a certain era? You know, lots of different discussions that you can have about it. Because I would suggest that probably the most over finishing move ever, I think, is Jake Roberts' DDT. Mm. There yes. was something. 
there was something, you know, just spooky about that DDT, the way that he built to it. His matches always built to it. He was like a snake. He was looking to pounce. He was looking to hit that move. And the crowd knew all about it. They knew that the short arm clothesline was the build-up. They would chant DDT if he was a babyface, sometimes even if he was a heel. Jake, Jake's matches were full of psychology, and they were all about hitting that DDT. And to the best of my recollection, no one kicked out of it. Maybe Undertaker did, I think, at WrestleMania. But um, generally speaking, people didn't kick out of the DDT. Do you and know so, what? Controversially, I think the DDT has maybe been a little bit overrated with time. If I'm honest, uh, why? Why? Oh, well, I think it was it was an over move then, but it wasn't the over move. You know, it wasn't on the level of the leg drop even. It wasn't even on the level of Hulk Hogan's leg drop or Warrior's moves or Savage's elbow. I thought it was a, and and let's re- let's remember Jake Roberts was still a mid carder. He never quite made it over the top. I just think it was. I think it's been superseded. I think. Moves like the Stunner and the RKO serve the same purpose, but I think they're far more exciting and get far more of a reaction than the DDT did. Maybe I'm misremembering it, but I just think, personally, that it's one of those things where we look back to the prism of time and overrate things slightly. Um, okay, let's ask a se- separate question to it, and you know, an additional little augmented question. Are we affected by the level of the superstar? I so think we are. Therefore, you know, you know, you said about Hogan's leg drop. I mean, no one's referring to the leg drop as the best finisher of all time because it's just a bloody leg drop. No, of course but, not. But it was Hogan, therefore it was something big. I mean, look at the people's elbow, for goodness sake. Well, yeah, no, there'd, you, been you, a, there'd have been a riot had a shot hooked on wrestling's website down if that had been voted as the most popular one. But you're right, you do have to look at the level of the superstar because intrinsically, if you know, part an element of a good finishing move is does it bring success? And well, if a guy's at the top of the card, then by definition, it's brought them success. I think there's a few elements that make up a good finishing move. Does it look visually strong? You know, does it look like it could really hurt you? To me, that rules out the people's elbow in uh, stage one. It does it bring main event success? Can it be hit uh, as a surprise? That's another thing for me. And can it be hit on anyone? They're the ones that really like get my go. Which I think personally, the stun is a great, um, a great finishing move and a worthy winner because it, it does tick all those boxes for me. It was a, it was a visually good looker, good looking move done by a, one of the most successful wrestlers of all time. Could be hit on anyone at any point, um, and it, and and it just ticks all the boxes. It's funny. <laughs> what is it about snakes? That um, have you talking about a finisher? Ah, <laughs> yeah, rattlesnake viper. Jake, Jake the snake, the rattlesnake, and the viper. Yeah, the three, yeah. Three of, the, three of the people that we're talking about. Funny that. So wow. I guess um, maybe if um, all the, all Jinder's got to do is call some, call himself the King Cobra. <laughs> and Hogan and then, had his 24-hour uh, Cobra Michael. Clutch. Cobra Clutch. Of Cobra Clutch. And oh, there's, there's so much going on. So many snakes in wrestling ain't that the truth oh, yes. um, fire us another question I think that is a great discussion point we could do a we could do a long series on that we could ask every guest that we ever get on true um, remember when we had guests um, we could get yeah. every guest we ever get on and, uh, <laughs> January folks back in the new year we'll start getting some guests on again um, um, in, in, the yeah, same on. Vein, in the same vein what is the best theme music of all time well, again, that was that was Austin as well, wasn't it? Yeah, he did. He won that as well. Although you got lot, we got a more diverse range of entries on that one, as probably expected. He, it was nowhere near as big a landslide. So, to go through the answers that got represented, we got Triple H, 
Um, Shawn Michaels, Nakamura, Evolution. Love that answer, by the way. Undertaker, um, Hulk Hogan, Bobby Roode, um, Billy Gunn. Okay, Martin Lay. I'm not quite sure about that. Um, John Cena and Edge all got some love. So there's quite a few. Um, if you had to answer that question, not playing the sheep game, what is Paul Benson's all-time favourite? So hard. It's such a hard question. It's like asking you what your favourite film is of all time. My answer would probably change on a daily basis. Fair dues. Um But I would probably go with Real American. Okay, okay. I understand that. I think sometimes it's where where, where it places you, isn't it? Totally. It puts you in a, in a, a point in time and um, you can look at it that way. I'm going to say, because I, I think you look at the piece of music fitting the wrestler. Yeah. Um, in, in obviously, the real American does work with that, and the broken glass for Austin. There's plenty of them that do. But I've always I've always absolutely adored Mr. Perfect's theme. Oh, me too. It just sounds so, look at me, I'm perfect, the sort of regal, you know, and, and he, he had everything in terms of the walk the chewing gum, the the um, oh, he was the, the he the, was the full package. The the towel. It wasn't just the music, was it? It was everything about Hennig. He had a he had a really cocky way of lifting both of his arms. The whole Mister Perfect entrance was, I think, wonderful. Uh, I and think that music, the music, just you could just hear it, can't you, in the background, oh. sort of just it just setting I, the scene for him. I love it, and there are so many, you know countless brilliant pieces of theme music over the years there's, there's you know way more than we've that have been mentioned in the quiz you mentioned one that didn't get a single vote and is ex- an exceptional piece of music there's tons tons and tons and tons of great themes um, and like I say I find it really hard to pick one because you asked me another day I might say I might say demolition yeah no? well that that's another question is it would be the ones that are the, the, the theme music that are songs and of course, you have certain ones. I mean, you said Edge there. I mean, that could be any sort. There's loads and loads of Edge themes, aren't there? Yes. Yeah, you know, yeah. I assume you mean the uh, the the On This Day I See Clearly, well, which is that's the one you'd probably most associate with him. But I particularly, I love the um, uh, the was it was it Rob Zombie the, the Never Gonna Stop Never one? Gonna Stop No Never Gonna Stop Yeah, that's the one. I yeah. re- I, I really like that. That's not a hint to make me sing it if I lose <laughs> the weekend. Nope. But um, I really like that one, for example. I thought that was, I thought that was more edge. You know, I, I, his character at the time, it felt kind of, you know, out there and rocky and coming through the, the smoke. I, I thought that really suited edge. And sure. I think it's quite hard when you have the, um, you know, the songs, because as iconic as it is with him, the Randy Orton one, they've never really done the Randy Orton. He's not, he's not a schizophrenic, is he? He's not... Well, that's, medical people will probably tell me that's not the correct terminology but he doesn't have voices in his head does he they've never done that with him they uh-huh. did the sort of intermittent explosive disorder or whatever they call it but you know Orton's not mad <laughs> he's not got he might, Luke Harper might have voices in his head but Randy Orton doesn't so I've never really got the kind of the, the start of that and it doesn't to me it doesn't I've, I've never thought that suits him it's now so iconic you can't think Quite, of him without yeah. thinking without it it's like it sounds it sounds stupid now. Fifty-two-year-old Shawn Michaels coming to make an appearance to Sexy Boy, but you could never change it because that's Shawn's music, and um, you know that's just the way it goes. But you know, certain I'm always interested to know. I wonder whether they just go, "That's quite a cool song." Like I like, I've always liked Christian's entrance theme. 
I liked his Christian. Pre- no, not that one, but the the one that he had most recently, but the older version of it, if you know what I mean. Um, um, so um, you can see it if you just close your eyes. That you know, but but the, the, there was an original version, and they changed the person that did it. Okay. The, 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 the previous one was better, but it's nothing to do with Christian. It's just a, it's a cool song, and I kind of like it. But there are other ones when you listen to the words, like you just said about demolition. Clearly, here comes the axe, here comes the smasher, we're demolition, walking disasters. Yep. One of your favourites, the boss man. Oh, oh yeah. If you if you ever take a trip down to Cobb County, Georgia, do you know what? I think they probably wrote that for him. I don't think do that was think? A, I don't think that was a coinky dink. I think they did that on purpose. And it's uh, but again, you can't think a boss man, certainly baby faced boss man, without thinking of that, can you? And how perfect was that song for him at that time? It would sound stupid now. If someone came out mm, to that now, yeah. if you had if you had that same sort of song and riff for say, I don't know, AJ, killed Stone Dead, isn't he? Yeah, totally. But the totally. boss man outlandish character of that era, the, the music had to be different in that era. See the Mountie, you know, is the same sort True. of person, True. same sort of era, same sort of character. Yeah, and absolutely they, right. And, the, and they always get their man, by the way. Of course they do, but they're not the Mounties. Remember, they're not. They the weren't. He was, and he then was, they weren't. He was, and they weren't. But oh, no, yeah. like there's, there's, you know, just it's one of the things that wrestling's always done exceptionally well by by and large. Obviously, there's, there's a lot of terrible theme songs as well. But even into the modern era, and you look at like the classic examples, uh, Rude and Nakamura. They, you know, two those two themes are going to go down in history as yeah. two of the best ever. Um, you know, the Shield and Sami Zayn and there's so many excellent themes around now and it, it's just it's a topic that you could again we could probably talk about it forever what I would say is we probably couldn't add anything to the discussion on this one because there's already been so much said about themes yeah but, but it's um, you know it's it's you know often you know how often do we listen to wrestling themes just for fun I don't do it loads but quite often occasionally should I say I'll be sat in my office and want some background music to work with and I'll bang an old uh, WE Ruthless Aggression on or something and take a few choice cuts from that because there are so many cool ones I can't say that um, I, I can't say that I do that on a regular basis but I, I, well, here's, <laughs> a, here's the thing though I can tell you that I have 301 songs that's just an accident I happen to know that number I have 301 songs on my Spotify favourite playlist Right. What is the only wrestling theme that's on there? Oh God, that's a question. Um, I am going. Is it? Is it John Cena, Matt? <laughs> no, no. Gone. Honestly. Yep. Bailey. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I tell you for why. There's a. There is yeah. a reason. There is a reason. Actually, I have. Is there? Oh, I'm, I'm too complicated. I have an overall favourites on Spotify, and then I have a sort of a positive. I have a positive playlist, there are, which is a sort of subsection of the overall one. So there are certain certain times where I need a lift, or if I'm in a good mood or whatever, I like positivity and positive songs, and that is a very upbeat, positive song. And it's uh, I like. I just like it. It's a good. I wouldn't sort of stand there and sing it, but it's. Uh, I just like it as a kind of a give you if you wanted to you 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 feel good if you listen to that song for two minutes you feel good that's all I'm saying fair enough mate fair enough next question um we'll just do one more I think actually um let's have a look let me see what should we do all right okay let's do this one 
who do we think will be the next call up from NXT now in reality we, we kind of know it's going to be Hideo Itami who's going to 205 Live um, next week but let's sort of paraphrase the question a bit and say who's who's ready who would we like to see come up do you know what I can't even remember what I answered I can tell you mate. oh yeah I think I think I think I said Alistair Black I think I said Alistair Black let's have a wee look you going off, said I think I said you Alistair did, Black you did you yeah. said Alistair Black going off of the basis that again this is what other people are going to say and I thought that he was kind of the the, sort of the rising indie darling there's not too many of them at the moment and you know not that there were not like there were a few, a few years back or a couple of years back and I just felt that he might be the uh, the one I was very surprised at the answer um, again it's partly because although you try and separate your own views um, to see what the, the pack are going with sometimes it's difficult if you don't really see you know the I would never have said this answer in a million years if it was my choice for example but sure. the, uh, the the top answer was I believe the Authors of Pain uh, I think it was a, it was a, a dead heat if I remember rightly between the Authors of Pain and Drew McIntyre oh was it alright I thought, I thought the Authors was the top one no I think I think that's I might, I might be wrong in that but that's what I seem to remember okay well, well the same the same goes because I just don't see I don't see either of them making any sort of dent or an impact oh. on the uh, on the roster. No, seriously? Not a long term, no. Well, mate, I, I'm I'm completely in disagreement um, with you on that one on both counts. I think I think when Drew McIntyre makes the step up, I think he'll be way more equipped than he was when he had his first run out. And as for the authors of pain, oh, I'm a you know me, mate. You know what I look for in a wrestler. Um, and these guys tick all the boxes. I can't wait to see them debut. I think it's going to be an absolute breath of fresh air. I think they've got more of a chance, based on what we were saying about the you know, the, 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 the tag team era, as it were. And so, I can, and they are a bit different. So I'll, I'll grant you that. I just think I think it's a relatively short shelf life. I don't think that they can. Um, I don't think they're a long-term team, and I certainly don't see them being one of those ones that. You break up and then have a singles feud out of them, you know, like you've done with the uh, well, the, D- the DIY thing. They're um, so young that who knows what they'll become, you know. No, and I'd, lo- I'd love to see them become a monster team for a while. And hey, in fact, do you know what I found out the other week? One of them, Razor, actually used to fight for Bama. Yeah, you told me that. Actually, did I tell you that? Yeah, and yeah, I've actually you... I've actually seen him fight. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, incredible. Who, I would never have what's known. What's Bama? What's Bama? Seriously? Well, there might be some people that don't know. Oh, sorry, I, for, I forget that I'm not talking to you. Bama oh. is the British Association of Mixed Martial Arts, the biggest mixed martial arts promotion in the UK, and uh, a large part of my day job. Yes, I, I to, did know. To... I did. I did know that. I was just. Uh, <laughs> I was giving you an opportunity to mention one of your um, one of your clients, as it were. Oh, any uh, any shows coming up soon? Yes, mate. Um, show on Friday in Newcastle. Oh, yeah, so uh, hence why hence why I couldn't um, do the podcast this Thursday this week because I'll be shooting up to Newcastle. We've got a big card. We've got Aaron Chalmers fighting in his hometown. We've got um, uh, a couple of work, couple of work Bama World Title fights, and it's going to be yeah, it's going to be a cracker. It's going to be. I hope Newcastle's ready for the culture change because obviously um, in the cold weather, um, grown men taking their shirts off and challenging each other to a fight unknown on the streets of Newcastle on a Friday um, night no never never no, seen it no 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 um, that's uh, never happened before actually I love Newcastle I love Newcastle I shouldn't uh, I will, uh, I'm giving it a horrible piece of uh, stereotypical beating and I rather like Newcastle and sure. the people, so I don't know why I did that frankly um, ok let's move on to um, our 
newest sheep competition and now what we always uh, try to avoid is going into any discussions about the uh, the new questions because we don't want to prejudice uh, the answers but uh, just quick fire fire out some of the new ones don't have to do all of them but to, do, do three or four of your favourite ones from the let's current. chuck a few out there so um, there's some there's some fairly standard ones like I you know we've gone with um, match of the year WE match of the year what is it what do you think is the best match of um, of the calendar year 2017 but again what, what do you think that people will say what do you think people say not what do you think what do you think people will say and what I quite like is um, if WWE were to bring back one defunct title which one would it be uh, see I think this is the easiest question I think I know that one I was I was very confident with that well, well remains, to be, remains to be seen. You I might rather be surprised. Like... You might be surprised there, but we're not going to. Which one did you like? You told me. I, I, I rather like the um, the category of question because it can, you can be you can do it for years and years on end. Um, is you do a question if wrestler X were to be inducted into the Hall of Fame this year, mm. who would be their inductee? I like and you that. can. You can continue to do that. I assume you're going to do that every month, every yes. sheet yeah. quiz, uh, and and so you should because it's a very um, easy to think about question. There is always some people that you associate with a certain wrestler, but you also have to factor in politics. You know, you know there'll be certain. You, know, you might say, oh, the obvious person to induct this guy is this guy, but actually he's on the outs with WWE, so he's got, a con- or he's got a contract somewhere else. So um, it's not always the the simplest. Um, the simplest answer. Who is no. it you've done this month? I've forgotten who it is this we've month. Gone for the, we've gone for the big show. And I'm, oh, big always, show, that's right. I'm always very careful to word the question, who would induct him rather than who should? Because like you say, you know, there's certain guys that you just, you know, would not get an opportunity to do that. Um, you know, you've got to try and, in this one, you've got to try and think like your fellow wrestling fan, but also think like WWE, if they were putting together the induction, who would do the inducting? It's an interesting question, it's an interesting way of doing it. I like it a lot, actually. Yeah, um, I thought I thought about that one very hard. I was um, I'm not I'm not convinced that my answer will be shared. I I thought about it for a bit and then I came up with one. And the more I think about it, the more I think it's a good answer. But I'm not sure he's the automatic choice well, for people. So we'll see. Let's have a look what you've put. Let me see. I'm not going to mention it obviously because I'm not going to prejudice things. But I'm just interested if my answer. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, the other question I quite like actually is the first question on the quiz: Who will hand Ni- um, Asuka her first loss in WWE? <laughs> yes, you just let her. <laughs> no, you let no, no, half no. of half of your opinion slip out there, but. Uh... No, uh, no, 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 nothing like that. I just happen to be looking at her name. There is someone, at least one person, has mentioned the one I nearly did, and I just happen to be focusing on her name at the time. So, um, easily, yeah, easily, easily done. It's a, yeah. Who will it's, who will hand that script first? Yeah. It was a Freudian cock, uh, Freudian slip. There um, you go. But there uh, you go. it was a. Uh, <laughs> I I think that's a quite a good question for several reasons because one, it's a tricky one to think about who you think it would be. Two. Who would WWE have beat her? Three, who are people going to say that would beat her? But also four, you know, are people going to factor in other, you know, it's easy to go, oh, it'll be Bailey, or it'll be Sasha, or it'll be Natalia, or it'll be Nia I'm going to cut you be... off. I no, I'm, I'm, de- I'm, delib- right I'm deliberately mentioning loads, so I'm not prejudicing. I'm de- I was going to deliberately mention loads there. No, no, I'm, I'm de- I know where you're going with the point, and I think we should nix okay. it right now. Okay. 
Yeah, because we are we are very I'll, I'll clear not to prejudice answers at all. No discussion okay. whatsoever. So, okay, I'll show um, up. But yeah, just at one point to mention it's important. We are sitting here on Wednesday night. I launched this on Monday afternoon, um, and we already have. Let me have a quick tot up here. We already have. 42 entries in little over two days yeah and i'm limiting this to 50 so as we say as we um talk about this now there are only eight spots left in this week's in this month's competition okay so you're gonna have to be quick everyone so the first thing um we would encourage you to do therefore is to go straight on to as soon as you listen to this podcast um if you fancy joining in um, your thing to do, I would say, is to go onto our Facebook page, which is Paul. Yeah, it's facebook.com forward slash HO Wrestling. And so, with the post is pinned to the top. Until these entries are all filled, it's pinned to the top. Okay, there you are then. So um, just to double check that it's still live, um, that's probably your, your place to go to, um, uh, to, to make sure you can still enter and then get your entrance in. Uh, as soon as possible. What can people win, Paul? What's the uh, what's the prize? Well, very straightforward prize. You get a choice between a ticket to our Royal Rumble party, or one of our 14 Royal Rumble parties on January the 28th, or if you've already purchased your ticket for that, or you're under 18, or you just can't make it, we'll send you a Hooked on T-shirt instead. Excellent stuff. Um, what's kind of cool about um, the, uh, the Hooked on Facebook page is I just noticed here that we're not a million miles over 4,000 uh, likes on the uh, on the Facebook, which is we're, do, uh, we're doing all right, aren't we? A fair old size of uh, of people. So um, please do share it with um, with friends because um, it not only um, can point you in the direction of some of our events, which we're going to talk about in just a second, or we're not going to do a big plug heavy show today, but we'll have a little chat in just a second about uh, our upcoming shows. Um, so not only can you find info about that and share about it, but we have things going on like the sheep quiz and some other questions that we uh, that we put out there, some little captions and uh, and some. You know, just sharing some interesting bits about wrestling. So, um, if uh, if you do uh, fancy sharing that, and indeed giving us some reviews on there, because uh, it's always nice if you've enjoyed some of our live shows, that you can go on there and you can review um, our pay-per-view shows, you can review our podcasts, you can review whatever you like on there. But we'd uh, we'd love to hear some uh, some stuff from you if uh, if uh, if that is your want. And um, we'll come back to um, the Facebook page in just a second to uh, to close the show off because we asked a question earlier today. And we'd be remiss of us to not uh, nope. uh, to go through some of the answers, although uh, we've, we've just got a few uh, a few answers uh, to um, to go through. Um, but before we do that, um, Paul, uh, we do have some shows upcoming, and it's one of those situations where we're we're going to sneak into January quite soon, and suddenly things are upon us. So uh, first of all, January four, Wrestle Kingdom, the New Japan show. Uh, how are we looking for that? Well, I'll be honest, mate. I've got a little bit of a rant, a little bit of a moan on this one. Um, we, um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll put it very quickly and bluntly, that we've not sold that many tickets so far. Now, this could be a problem for us because obviously we've we had such a massive amount of interest in people saying they wanted to come um, prior to putting the tickets on sale, and nobody really. Well, no, that's not true. Only only about 75, 80 of you have put your money where your mouth is. Um, that's not sustainable, guys. Um, and if you guys, if you want us to do things like this, um, those that said they want to come and they want it need to support it. You know, obviously our core parties are, are fantastic and we do great numbers for that, but we're not going to be able to run these parties if only 75 people book a ticket 
when there's been over 600 people expressing an interest um, so what I would urge you guys to do is show us that we show us that this can be a viable ongoing thing get your tickets get it supported um, if you really want to come fantastic come buy the ticket get on uh, ringsideworld.co.uk give us some confidence that you know you ask for these things and we deliver them and you actually come out and do them otherwise unfortunately it'll be the first and last because you know as it stands we we'll, we're facing a hefty loss on this one and we're only a small business we can't we can't afford that um so if you if you want to come and you want these things to be done that are not just wwe events not just the same three events every year and you want us to expand which we're constantly told you do show us um and you support it and we'll keep doing it if you don't we won't be able to run over fair dues I can't add any more to that. So um, if people do want to uh, to put money where said mouth was, um, how can they uh, get, get a ticket? Well, the best way is ringsideworld.co.uk. Just go on there and search for Hooked On, and it'll give you a list of all our events, um, both Wrestle Kingdom and Royal Rumble. Bears, bears saying for people who are listening for the, first time, for the first time, our Wrestle Kingdom party is on January the 4th. It's uh, doors open at seven o'clock and it's in London. We're only running in London for that one. Seven a.m. Sorry, seven a.m. Yeah, very important point, Rob. Cheers. Um, yeah, we're running that in London at the Grand in Clapham, which is where we'll be for um, for the Royal Rumble as well, as well as in oh I don't know seventeen thousand other <laughs> venues. I, I lose track every time. Is it fourteen? Did we decide on it's 14, fourteen? Fourteen, mate. Yep, yeah, fourteen, yeah. and that's going to be the final num- nail down number fourteen events. My goodness, my gracious, my me. Um, 14 yeah. different places for the Royal Rumble. Good luck, Paul. Um, but uh, we, uh, we, one of them will be in the Grand in, in Clapham, and the other 13 will be scattered across the country. Um, without going into mega, 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 mega detail, Paul, just a, a quick run through of the cities. Uh, okay, here we go. So you mentioned London. We've also got uh, Leeds, Manchester, Liverpool, Cardiff, Nottingham, Birmingham, Brighton. Bournemouth, Chelmsford, Reading, Sheffield, Derby, and Glasgow, and I think I've got them all. I'm not reading it out from uh, from a list actually. I think I've just nailed them. Decent, well done. Um, <laughs> as well as some of your uh, regular Sheffield, Hull- Sheffield. I no, you Sheffield. said no. You didn't. No, you didn't. You said Sheffield. You sure? Yeah. Okay. Um, because um, uh, uh, Ryback, your love for Ryback ensures that you wouldn't skip Sheffield. <laughs> Oh, yip, yip, yip. <laughs> what it do? <laughs> Sorry, I've made myself laugh. That's bad. Um, as well as well as your uh, regular hosts, uh, such as me, with that kind of level of shit humour in uh, in London, um, we do we, uh, lots of our other regular hosts are, are joining us once again, uh, which we're very happy about. Uh, people, Paul, such as um, Danny in uh, in Manchester. Yep. Uh, and uh, is, yeah, Youngie with us again. Yep, he's in Nottingham. We've got Ben Brown, as always, in Leeds, representing there. He does a great job. Um, we've got Steve Linsky once again in Bournemouth. Um, and as for regulars, oh, I suppose you could count Doug Williams as a regular now. He's, absolutely. This will be, be his third hooked on party. He's going to be back in Reading for us. We've got the beautiful SoCal Val in Cardiff this time. Um, and then we've got a few few new or second time hosts. Do you know, am I right to just mention a couple? Go ahead. We've got okay, so we've got um, Muscle Cat, um, Muscle Cat Saxon, uh, sorry, Saxon 
Huxley, uh, you're not, you're not, you're not going to be able to learn. There's too many X's. Huxley. There's too many. It's like, 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 like in Taylor Swift's address. Yeah, there's too, yeah. there's too oh, many X's in his name good, for you to be good. able to do that one. It's, um, uh, it's, it's, it's a t- I'll get used to that one as the weeks go on. We got him. He's, he's obviously from the WE. Uh, he's a, well, he's one of the standouts on the UK indie scene, but also was in the WE UK Championship tournament. He'll in be short, with... ha- in shorthand, everyone, if you're trying to picture him. He's, he's Jesus from the he's UK wrestling tournament. Jesus he's wrestling Jesus and he's he's going to be in Sheffield so God's country Jesus okay um, and then we have got uh, let me think we've got Joseph Connors Joseph Brilliant. Connors also from the UK tournament and also he was wrestling for the UK uh, WWE UK Championship title in Sheffield just this past Sunday against Pete mm-hmm. Dunne um, on the progress show so he's going to be hosting our derby party and then one I'm particularly excited about going which we've been trying to get on for ages and ages we've got Ash Rose from yes. Talk Sports Gorilla Position podcast he's going to be down in Brighton yes great booking very happy to uh, have Ash on the team That's uh, that'll be a great night he's a, he's a great lad as Ash isn't there his character a... and he'll be uh, he'll do a good job of that I'm, I'm very very sure we'll have to get him on the podcast before um uh, before the Royal Rumble because he's, uh, he's, he's a good guest and he's a, he's a good lad um, I think that was what have we covered everyone Birmingham did we do Birmingham oh no we didn't my apologies we've got uh, Big Bad Dave Mastiff in Birmingham yeah um, and also the lovely Joanna Rose we've got a double tag team there so um, again it goes down to the beauty and the beast um, well I, I, I'll say <laughs> yeah. So we're going. We're going for a tag team effort on that one. We're going to try something a bit new. So yeah. Um, Gen- genuine, we'll... genuinely lucky, lucky Birmingham. Because, uh, <laughs> because in all seriousness, though, you know, lascivious thoughts aside about the beautiful Joanna, um, she's very good, and we wouldn't have her hosting otherwise. And you know, Dave is a bit of a polymath. He's like he looks like a big badass, which he is, but he's also a an entertaining, funny guy with. Uh, a quirky sense of humour and is a very intelligent man. So that's a Absolutely. that's a good that's a good format. If I was going to a show, I I now think I would like to go to um, <laughs> to the Birmingham show. Well, that's what we're hoping other, yeah. others will think too, my friend. Indeed, indeed. Uh, right, good stuff. Um, so uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to doing my thing in the, in London, and I'm hopeful everyone will be uh, coming out to see us uh, wherever we are in the country. Um, are we? How are we looking on the uh, the early bird tickets? I know they were they were pretty close to being sold out. Yeah, we're, uh, in London, just a handful, maybe 15, 10, 15 left. I'm not sure. Um, they're going to go off sale in a couple of days anyway. Might well the, by the time you put this up, mate, it's probably going to be 24 hours left um, on purchasing those. Manchester actually, you know, always sells a bit slower. We always sell a bunch in the end, but. There's, there's enough early bird tickets left there um, and we yep uh, we're going to take those off sale on the 15th and they're going to go up to full price so if you want your tickets for any of the shows get them now yeah because little things like um, getting hold of um, of, of tables and other things can be uh, tricky in certain venues I think we were uh, are we done for tables and booths in London in London yeah completely sold out everywhere else has got availability so if, if you're in one of the shooter cities um, you need to call shooters direct to book your table package um, if you're in one of the walkabouts you can call those the bars direct there as well so um, London's the only one we sell the tables for online the rest you have to buy your tickets and then go off and buy your uh, go and book your table separately yeah and you've usually got some sort of package or other haven't you where you can you, you pay for the table up front but then you'll get something back correct. in terms of drinks offers and uh, and food and, and, and that sort of yeah, thing yeah correct um, and in London we're talking about tables being sold out 
but the the venue, if you've not been there before, is basically a whacking great old theatre. So that there is you, there's seating. No one's necessarily definitely for everyone, but there's a lot more seating, isn't there, than, than in our old venue? Yeah, we're going to get 500 plus in for Royal Rumble, so I can't guarantee every single person a seat. But you have to be fairly unlucky not to be able to purge somewhere, I think. Yeah, you'll get you'll get a lot more seating, including if nothing else, we've got a, a section on the floor right in front of the uh, in the screen in the stalls, as it were, um, which is just it's just rows of seating, but it's at the very least a seat. So yeah, um, uh, you should be covered uh, as long as you get there nice and early and uh, and sort yourself out. Um, but yeah, looking forward to that. We we are projecting over 500 in there for the London show, which uh, easy will be easy peasy because we did that. We did that pretty much last year for um, uh, for the Rumble, and we're going quicker this year, so um, it's uh, it's looking good, looking good, and we've not even announced uh, a single match yet, so looking fun. Um, so that's all to come in the new year. Plus, of course, we'll be doing WrestleMania. Of course, we'll get onto that. Um, I, basically, as soon as the Rumble's done, we'll be onto Mania, won't we, Paul? So it's um, yep, uh, absolutely. Keep, keep, keep your eyes out once we get to the Rumble, because we'll be going straight onto the next one. Um, we'll wrap up the show with just a, a few uh, a few references to the uh, the question that we put online uh, on Facebook earlier on. Uh, so to read it verbatim, uh, it said, uh, Hooked on's Robert Nickel proposed the idea of an intergender tag team tournament weeks ago. Yes, I did. That's true, actually. And uh, lo and behold, WWE have announced just that. And he wishes that you would like to see come true in the land of WWE or the wider wrestling world. Let us know and we will discuss them on the podcast. So we were asking for your, your wishes, really. So... Um, so what would that be? Um, and a couple of you have gone sort of down the um, the, the silly route, um, <laughs> such as um, Steve Linsky uh, suggests that they hire UK's number one referee, Steve Linsky. Yes, he does. Yes, well, um, you know, the, the rate they're going, you, you might well get that gig in time. Do you know, actually... I'm uh, going sug- to suggest that he's kind of screwed once he has to count do a count out of more than five because he's only got one arm. <laughs> yes, that's true. He's... he's Unfortunately, old Steve has got a pot on his arm and has them for some time, which are unfortunately hindering him his earnings, obviously, because he's a referee, and if you can't referee, that's affecting him in the pocket. So, mate, Steve, is it heck? If you're is listening to this, what, get what a well load of soon. Nonsense. What a load of nonsense. He does absolutely everything. <laughs> well, you'd be, you'd be surprised. Steve Linsky pigeonholing himself as a, as a referee is that that's, that's, <laughs> like, that's like re- referring to Leonardo da Vinci as someone who did a couple of sketches. He actually um, he actually res, um, refereed on a card just last week with his cast on, and I told him off for missing out on the trick of putting black stripes on his white cast. Oh, totally, yes. totally missed that. Um, and shame on you, Steve. Shame on although, you. Well, although the ref isn't. The ref isn't the centre of attention, Paul. Well, I, mem- I remember <laughs> back when I cared about such things. I can remember do- probably doing about 15 minutes on the one-sided ring about Brian Hebner's blue shoes. <laughs> and, I- and actually, <laughs> and actually, I felt quite bad because I really liked Brian. Brian was a great lad. I had a, had a good couple of uh, oh, chats and a few shoes. A-, a few chats and a couple of beers with uh, Brian on some of the uh, UK tours. He's a nice fella, but um, <laughs> I didn't like his blue shoes. It's not about the ref. Ref shouldn't be drawing any attention. It's not about the ref. It's all about Steve. It is about all about Steve. Um, but uh, Scott Fulton um, responded uh, along the lines of the uh, intergender tag tournament, and just to refer to it as being a bad idea, shall we say? <laughs> uh, impossible to have a good good match with a mixed tag. Well, I will say that one of my ideas, one of my differences to the WWE idea, was that I was on about having a men's match and a women's match. 
and the idea being if it was 2-0 to a certain side then they would progress a bit like the Davis Cup tennis mm. um, and that the, the rubber match would be the, the intergender match so you wouldn't have so many of them and you know we might um, still get that because when you think about it you've got 12 hours of TV to fill there's going to be a few matches on there isn't there yeah, I suppose so. so. I mean, I don't know how they're going to do it. They have said a single elimination tournament, but mm. they haven't suggested exactly how. So I, I assume they'll just do they'll just do matches. I would have thought because you've got to get if you've got. You know, did we work out how many teams it's going to be? It's going to be sixteen teams, isn't it? Yeah. So if you do that, that's only no sixteen. Hang on, no eight teams. Eight teams. No, no, no 16, 16, sixteen teams. Sixteen, it's 16 teams. teams. So, so you're going to have eight matches, four matches, two matches, one. Six, fifteen matches. So it's 15 matches over 12. Well, yeah, that's quite a lot, actually, isn't it? You've got, you, you, yeah, that's quite a lot of hours to fill, isn't it? So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But um, going back to what Scott says, I will admit that, you know, the list of great intergender matches is not a very long list, is it? If that, was one, if that was your sheep question, what is the best ever intergender match? Well, I don't think there's going to be a whole load of uh, ones that are jumping to your mind. You're going to struggle, aren't you? You're going to struggle. And, and to be fair, I, you know, Scott, we don't share Scott's pessimism, but I do share his point. You know, you couldn't really say there's been an excellent intergender match. In... Well, I, I, I will actually, I will just, I said that, not him. Mixed tag is different. Intergender means sorry, anyone can, sorry, anyone right. can fight anyone. No. Mixed tag. Men versus men, women versus women. You're right. There is a point of difference, absolutely. Uh, well, uh, I, I was, it was me that said intergender, and I didn't mean to. So Scott, Scott said mixed tag, which is right. Good, okay, so. cool. So um, yeah, I, I think he's right, and um, we'll see how they overcome it. Yeah, indeed. Um, uh, Rob Smith on uh, Facebook says, uh, with Rob's idea coming through fruition, do you think if it's a success, Facebook could host a rebirth of the King of the Ring? If so, no. who do you think would win? So let's let's, let's take that as two questions. Uh, is King of the Ring a good format for maybe Facebook um, Watch or, or perhaps just more more generally the network? You see, this is my favourite point, the favourite thing that was raised actually out of, out of all of the people that put anything on. Do I think King of the Ring would be a viable proposition for, like you say, the network or Facebook? Um, yes. Yes, with a caveat. Um, if, if they just ran the King of the Ring as a as a no-mark tournament like they have done in the last few. Like, if you remember, there was a King of the Ring not just a couple of years ago on the network. Do you remember that? Where the final was, um, I believe, no. Barrett against Neville. No, you don't remember, do you? Because it was so throwaway. Um, and if they're just going to do that and just have a tournament for a tournament's sake, then absolutely not. Who cares? Um, but if you were to do it in the manner of the King of the Ring of, of old, where... You had qualifying matches where, um, where the store, where there was a proper t story through the tournament, where the winner had consequences. <coughs> he was pushed up the card or what have you. Then yes, absolutely. If they were going to half-ass it, then I'm not interested. If they're going to make it, you know, let's let's say you know the, the king gets um, the pay-per-view shot. Uh, title shot of SummerSlam for instance or something like that and if they were going to do something like that then yes I think King of the Ring would be a very viable thing to do um, so yeah that answers that part of the question Rob do you want to take the second part yeah um, oh in terms of who would win it um, well I think I think it depends on how you want to play the the King of the Ring tournament in terms of its importance you're talking about do you have it so that the winner either automatically gets a title shot or indeed puts themselves in a position where it's going to lead to one. Like, for example, it's not the greatest example of a King of the Ring, but your King Mabel, 
Mm. You know, they they did the title shot at SummerSlam, didn't they? They didn't they didn't say yeah. if you win King of the Ring, you win the, you get the title shot. But you know, they did one fairly soon after. Um, you know, with people like Brett and Owen, they didn't necessarily go to to um, uh, to title matches straight after. Even with Austin, it took a you know uh, it took him winning the Rumble the following year for. Um, you know, for him to get into that sort of picture, and even then he yep. wasn't in the t- title match at Mania. So, yeah. it was an- another year until he won the title. So, um, it doesn't always push push people into that position. But what uh, what I like King of the Ring for most of all is I like heels winning King of the Ring and doing something with the title. Yes. Um, and really. I don't mean being silly. I don't like King Sheamus was silly. Yeah. And the more you say about the Barrett, I sort of vaguely remember King Barrett. Was it King Barrett? Yeah, it was, yeah. Let's sort of remember that now. And actually, funny enough, you mentioned Neville, and of course, he called himself the King of the Cruiserweights, and although I liked, I liked some of his heel mannerisms, I thought some of, this, it, was, some of it was bordering on silliness with his, uh, with, with his King stuff. But um, I in particularly liked Owen calling himself the King of Hearts. Yes. Um, King that was Booker. Pretty, King Booker worked somehow. It was silly... And over the top, but, but it, it worked. worked. Booker played it to the. I mean, I've never ever been a particularly big Booker T fan. No, no. Just never been my guy. I'm okay. I'm forget his commentary. I'm just talking about him as a wrestler. You know, our friend Vic Ramsanga will be listening to this now and absolutely wanting to and murder me when it comes to uh, the Rumble Party. But um, sorry, Vic. But I was just never, never very much a a Booker T guy. But I'm not saying he was terrible. He was just. Never my guy, but I did get a kick out of the King Booker stuff. I, I, I thought he did a good job with it. Um, and the forgotten one, I think it was done on Raw and not on a pay-per-view. Mm. And shortly afterwards, he, um, by his own admission, killed his biggest push of his career, Stone Dead. But, but King Regal. Yeah, absolutely. That Regal character at that point was flying. Yep. Uh, and then he was uh, he went off the rails a wee bit and he got himself into trouble. And it was uh, probably the last silly thing he did. He's got himself back on track and... Is a hugely important um, member of the, the the wheel now, but um, so I would be looking at someone who I uh, thought could be a real boastful um, prick. Quite frankly, it's kind of a similar sort of position to the Money in the Bank briefcase, um, where you, or but I think a little bit better in the sense you can brag about having won something. A little bit like Jericho as a heel would always mm. brag about being the first undefeated uh, undisputed yeah. champion. Um, so to me it's someone that can keep on about the fact that they were king of the ring they've sort of tried to do it with Corbin winning the Andre the Giant Battle Royal and it it sort of faded they didn't really do a great job with that um, so I'm, I'm waffling because I'm I'm struggling to think of an actual contender but well let um, me let me I, I, I like you. okay well just quick just very quickly the before I've managed to go through in my head all of the roster um, I like Kevin Owens for it Owens is one that jumps to my mind has just been he did a good job with that face of America yeah, yeah. thing which was patently stupid but I, I but I liked it because it was obviously you know that's good heel stuff to me where you go well that's bloody stupid you're not the face of America and that's the whole point yes um, so Owens Owens is the first one that really jumps to my mind having not assiduously gone through the whole roster well I've got, I've got a couple I've got a couple now. I've got similar sort of sort of sort of criteria to you. And if I'm picking one, now I know this can't be the same every year, but if I'm picking one, it has to be a heel. Uh, it makes sense. It has to be a heel that is is going to move up the card um, uh, by by association with it. 
um, and it has to be someone who's going to incorporate that into their character and with that in mind I've kind of got two or three um, that I that I would maybe suggest would work. The first one, actually, if you want, if they still want to do something with him once he's been cooled off, um, and want to make him important, um, I would look at uh, Jinder Mahal. Okay. Jinder Mahal, I think could you know he could bring a different spin to it. He could be that sort of colonial ruler. Um, you know, they call him the Maharaja. That would be wrong. You know, the Maharajas weren't kings of India. Um, but they would still go with that anyway, wouldn't they? Because we don't know any better, apparently, as the public. Um, so I think that one could work quite nice. I think it'd work with him. Um, the other one, um, the other the other guy from Raw, which is a bit of a, a left-field one, once the Cruiserweight title run is over, I think it'd be quite funny to have, uh, like, Enzo Amore as almost like a street king like an urban king you know running his mouth and bragging about how he was the king of the ghetto or whatever else you know he'd obviously customise his robes and his gear and his crown and everything else I think it, it fit his boastful idiot character to be, well, to be a king of the ring because ultimately well, king of the ring's meaningless well yeah it is but you'd have to have but who's he going to beat to get that to get to that? He'd have well, to win three matches. Yeah, well, you're going to have him beat. That's fine. So, like, all right, let's say for argument's sake, in the first one he beats, I don't know, Jack Gallagher, for instance, yeah. and then you have him get a bye in the second round because it's a draw. That's a typical heel move. And in the final, he could be up against, you know, name it, you know, Seth Rollins, whatever else. And then his court enforcer, Big Cass, comes back and gets him the win. No. Yes, I'm, I'm, it not, I'm not not happy, not happy with any of that whatsoever. <laughs> well, we'll agree to disagree. But my I'd, third... I'd, I'd sooner have Big Cass be King of the Ring if he's going to come back and get involved. My third option, and one who I think would absolutely maximise the um, the gimmick and and the knobbishness that comes with it, would be the Miz. Yeah, that's a good shout. I think the Miz would be really good fun, not incorporated into his character fully. But like, I think you can imagine him coming out with that big shit-eating grin and a crown on and all this and other. He would really rub people's noses in it. Um, so I think that'd be quite good. And then on the other side of the coin, you know, if you if you are going to go with a face, the one that keeps jumping out for me would be if you ever wanted to bring uh, to bring Big E out of the new day and make him credible in day one. It might be a good thing for him to go and win. King E. That's, yeah. what they, that's what they would call him, King Big, E. Big E King. No, they call Big Big E King. <laughs> 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 and he can say to the uh, a new day, new day stand by me. Oh, Big E King. <laughs> that's very good. <laughs> um, so yeah, yes. that'd be my that'd be my choices anyway. Is it? Yeah. Um, that's that's fun. Uh, the, the, I sort of like your Miz shout, but I, I sort of feel well. Does he need it? The Miz is good at that anyway. I don't think he needs it. Um, although sometimes you need to establish these tournaments if it's gone away for a little bit, and you need to re-establish it. I sort of feel like a big name has to win the first one. Um, yeah, and so that's why uh, so I sort of stick. I mean, that's not. I'm not saying Miz isn't a big name, but I'm saying that someone where you go. Ooh, so someone that's already sort of in a good position but just needs a little bit of topping up which again plays back to my Owens um, Joe would be fun yeah in a way Joe, I don't, Joe, reason, Joe, 
that would be a good good fit for your sort of almost your street thing but not quite as blatant as Enzo but as a kind of like just Joe being a badass and just and just winning things and you know just just he can just beat people and go I'm the king and just like really sarkily go I'm the king for some reason, I don't like the Owens suggestion, and it fits. It was my when I thought about the question, it was my first thing that popped into my head. But for some reason, I just don't like it, and I can't really put my finger on why. Um, I just, I just don't know. It doesn't work okay. for me. Okay, but you, okay, you're the one that said Enzo bleeding the more. I'll stand by um, it. Please, okay, you know, don't start, stand by your stance. You've got to stand by Big E King. <laughs> Not that Samore. Oh, um, very good. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. But, so um, what, what next? What have we got next? I think so, I, I just want to throw one more in. As long as they didn't go silly, and I couldn't go and guarantee they wouldn't go silly. What with Vince not understanding his nationality and everything, would be Cesaro. If they wanted to go singles with Cesaro, uh, I still uh, yes. I I still like the idea that they could do a singles run for both Sheamus and Cesaro, but they're still mates. Like they wouldn't do the breakup. They just happen to be a bit of a singles run for a little while. And then after a little while, they can just go back and team again. I sort of like the idea that they could do their own thing individually. The Road Warriors did that at times, and the Steiners yeah, yeah. did that at times. You know, you can sort of do it. You can split them up and have them be great wrestlers as, you know, as their own right. Which hey. Surely they will do at some point with Rollins and, and Ambrose again. So I thought you could do that. I'd love to see Seamus and Cesaro I, stay I co- colleagues. I love and, that Cesaro pick. Cesaro works really nicely, but they but they'll go silly and they'll find an well, old-fashioned Swiss robe. I don't know. I don't necessarily hate that because I think Cesaro is the kind of guy that could pull off that silliness to wind you up. But then, similar to Kurt Angle, when he gets in the ring, the silliness stops and he's a killer. And I hmm. think he's good enough, incredible enough in the ring, and charismatic enough out of it that you could pull off that double edge between the characters like Kurt did so well so I think that's one guy that could make that silliness work that's a really good shout you know what we've done we've heavily prejudiced it but this is a this is a future it's a future sheep question maybe uh, uh, possibly give, give maybe it till June give, give, it, a give it till June so we've forgotten about this conversation but there you go. Wait to go back to where the King of the Ring used to be in June and do if we were to do a King of the Ring who would you give it to there we go um, other things on the uh, on the talking points there's not too many actually a couple of them are just uh, one-liners or just wishes that are out there. Um, Jim Basu suggests um, a wish of his would be to have Joey Ryan and Candice LeRae. I assume he means as um, uh, call-ups to WWE. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jamie okay. Vaccaro says, Pete Thank Dunne. You. Pete Dunne should squash Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Roman would shake his hands afterwards and say, you're the real big dog now. Um, this I'll is turning a little bit into... I can't, I can't really mention the person that uh, people used to write to and then he would fix it for them. Um, not not anymore. I can't mention that, but um, uh, it feels like that's what people are doing here. They want uh, they want us to try and do uh, amazing fixes like Owen Jarrett, um, which uh, that's a great name if that's his real name. Sounds I'm like sure a, it sounds like a cracking sure, tag team. I'm, I'm sure it is because he's on uh, he's on uh, he's on Facebook. So uh, well done, Owen Jarrett. I like the fact that he's got a friend called um, Jeff Hart. Um, just to, uh, to, to complete, complete that team but he says uh, CM Punk returns to WWE um, I think that's uh, something that most of us would like to see in the right circumstances and I'm sure it will I, I'm certain it will happen at some time but uh, I don't think that time is yet it doesn't feel like it's uh, uh, brewing anytime soon uh, Graham Lodge says having defeated Taker and knowing he'll beat Brock 
Reigns' eventual heel turn involves him dubbing himself the new legend killer, cementing the position by retiring Randy. So I think in a, mm. in a sort of um, in a slightly passive-aggressive way, Graham there is saying, make Randy Orton go away, <laughs> um, is what I think he's saying, which is uh, possibly a little bit on the harsh side. People forget how young Randy is. He's got a little while to go yet. Um, and then uh, the one we'll end on um, is uh, Matt Novak, who says the, uh, the obvious one for me is to extend the women's revolution to female refs and commentators. I know they've started with Lita on the Mae Young Classic, and they've hired a female ref at NXT, but take it up a step. Um, I, I entirely agree with him. I entirely agree with him. Um, I will say that I think that it would take... Uh, it would need to take someone exceptional um, to step up, because his, this is the thing, this is not how the world should be, um, but the world of wrestling anyway, the world of sport in general... Is, is, is male dominated mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's right or wrong I'm saying it is and it's what people are used to and for the last you know 10, 20, 30, 50, 60 years of broadcast television men have dominated those positions so if you were to listen to a female commentator on any sport quite frankly it doesn't sound right but that doesn't mean you can't get to learn and can't to have it get feel right over the, over the piece what I am definitely strong on is not having a female commentator or ref or presenter for the sake of having a female commentator. Absolutely. As a ref. This we don't is want tokenism. No, no tokenism. I, I don't think Lita's very good. And I think I, Lita, you know, she's dreadful. Great, she's dreadfully she, being kind. She, she had a good career and I've met her and she's very nice. But I've never been the biggest Lita fan on any front. Um, and she certainly did nothing for me on commentary I, I think she's got quite an annoying voice um, now everyone's saying yes but Rob but you've done hundreds of podcasts with your nasal tone but um, I'm not asking to be on NXT or on uh, WWE as a commentator um, although I'll do it if they ask but it's um, I think it's a case of having the right person come along the, the great example is I don't think anyone sits there and goes isn't it good that Renee Young does all these shows because she's a woman I think people go well Renee Young's really good do you not think? I, 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 it never occurs least, to me that it doesn't occur to me that Renee's a woman. I mean, I, clearly she is, and she's a very attractive one. But I'm saying that Renee does the the panels and does interviews and does whatever, and she's just excellent. And yeah. then she did she did call a show, didn't she, on on, on NXT? Yeah, she wasn't great at that. She wasn't she was, great, but she was all right. Yeah, but she wasn't she you... wasn't brilliant, but she was all right. And I I, I thought there was potential because I mean that was probably a, an an early chance of doing it. Yeah, you know, she, she could get better, absolutely. Uh, but I I, I thought as a, I think she's an excellent host, and I think that's where the position should stay. Um, I've long liked the idea of having a a show where it is hosted from that sort of position. The whole show is is run from the host and the panel. And then you just fire down to the commentators for call the matches, like you would do at a football match, where you'd have, you know, you know, I don't know, Gary Lineker or whoever in the studio, and then you go down to, uh, you know, to to John Watson for the commentary. Mm, but yeah, you know, I'd like to see that, and she'd be excellent at that. Um, but that, that that's my big thing is if you can find someone that's a female commentator, that's a female, you know, um, commentator that they find through the NXT system for the for the performance center, or whether it's a an ex wrestler. That they put in one of the um, the color positions. Listen, the color positions is not currently a hotbed for talent, is it? Oh God, Cor- no. Corey's magnificent, but you know he's the tallest dwarf, that's for sure. I think he's very good, and I think he'd be very good in any era. I really do. I think do you think excellent. so? Yeah, I, th- I really, really rate Corey Graves. 
Um, but the rest of them, I mean, Booker is beyond awful. Byron, you wouldn't even <sighs> notice. Percy Watson, you don't notice. I actually was. Otunga was growing on me. Mm. Otunga was growing on me. It, amazingly, babyface Otunga seemed to work. He actually spoke some sense when they let him, but they didn't really let him. But I think it's a real a real problem position for them. I actually think there are a lot of wrestlers that, if they retire in the next few years, will be excellent commentators. Oh, too right. I agree. Um, I, the problem I think, is... they. Knew, I think, knew, sorry, go on. I think Kane could do it. I think Big Show could do it. I think Miz could do it. There's a whole bunch of them that I just, I, I just feel that they'll be so good one day sitting in that chair. Miz in particular will be incredible. Um, when it, when that, the time is right, yeah, and agreed. I'm sure there are others that they could even bring back that have been a, been away, and you can just, and I, I never see why they have to have the same. Like if you again, if you watch the football, it's not the same. What I mean, often it's say Martin Tyler and Gary Neville, but not every week, is it? It changes, from, you know, from time to time, and you have the odd guest commentator that's someone different. Mm-hmm. I don't see why you can't say, "Welcome to Monday Night Raw" with me, Michael Cole, and my guest commentator this week, Kevin Nash. And just Nash does it one week. You know, if it's somewhere reasonably near where he lives or something. He yeah. doesn't have to do a run-in or anything like that. Just Nash, Nash, Nash would be a good commentator. Probably not every week. But as long as they're tuned into the product and they can understand... You know, Michael Cole can do all the reads and all the all the, uh, all the the sponsor stuff and just every now and again go, Kevin, what do you think of this match? And as long as the, whoever they have as the host... Sorry, the, sorry, the guest is clued in, the last thing you want is them not understanding the product or them going to celebrities who don't really watch it and just making a joke of it mm. but if you go to people that really really care about the industry you know like for example he's there he's booking and doing things what about Road Dog one week oh absolutely I, I, um, I think that's a cracking you know, idea I'd love to see that I'd love to see much more of that to, you know, as a as oh. a workaround now we're actually getting away from the question but it strikes me that the, the thing to do would not be to say let's get Lita and put her permanently as a commentator but uh, if you're in a certain market, maybe maybe Trish does commentary one week in Toronto, or you know other people that might just happen to be a good talk. Molly Holly was always a good talker. I bet Molly would be a good commentator. I can I... see Beth Fe- Beth Phoenix would be okay. Like just people that can actually talk. They're not cutting promos. They're talking as themselves and they're just commentating on what's happening. You know happening. the problem with a female commentator, mate, and this isn't trying to be sex or anything like that, but women just by and large don't have powerful voices no, I agree. they don't project in the same way that male voices do and a show like WWE can't have it, the, the action and what's on screen dictates that it needs a powerful voice um, providing the soundtrack to that and women in general you know, it's, it, this is pure physical and pure genetics they just don't have that powerful tone I think is needed for the product and for that reason I would hazard a guess that, that you're not ever going to get a successful female commentator. Well, that, that's uh, obviously I'm I'm going a bit too far there. We want in a in a blue moon, needle in a haystack, absolutely so difficult to find to get to make that happen. It's not on, it's unlike anything else on TV. Um, you need a woman who's not only brilliant as a commentator, but also has the voice to pull it off, and that is purely down to what what hand. Uh, her genetics uh, uh, deals her, and um, I can't think of anybody that, that makes that makes it a full package for me. Unfortunately, um, I can think of bundles that, that I think would be worthy. <coughs> excuse me, worthy of being given a one-off chance. That I feel that um, 
I don't completely agree with you. I agree with your concept. I agree with the term that women would largely have the same sort of gravitas and the power in their voice to carry the whole thing. Sure. But I'm not talking about being Michael Cole and Jim Ross. I'm talking about being a third commentator in a, in a three-person in a booth. And I think if you had, say, for example, Cole and Graves, I think if your third person is, you know, pick one for many, but, um, you know, would would um, Lisa Marie Veron, you know, Victoria Tara, would she be terrible in that role? She's a good talker. She's an intelligent woman. You know, yeah, all sorts true. of people. Molly Holly, Gail Kim, Beth Phoenix, loads of them that have retired or are retiring, I think as a one-off here and there would fit that just perfectly because they are, they are good wrestlers um, intelligent um, people and would be able to what you want is them to be able to analyse the match and do a little bit more about the match we're assuming that that's the way that we're going to call things but to do things like that in NXT for example which would where you would need to start and be the proving ground mm-hmm. I don't think they would need to be that you know over the top you know voice because that's what your lead host should be doing um, and certainly if you've got listen we'll be here another five hours if you want to get onto some sort of Mauro Ronaldo you know chat because I can't stand the guy but it's <laughs> me too apparently he's a really nice fella but I'm just saying that as a commentator no 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 not for me but I realise I'm in a minority um, but if he's doing his bloody silly act I'd be quite happy for someone not to be mad and over the top but someone to be you know talking sense and talking about the wrestling so um, listen I think it can be done I think it's a great question um, from Matt and I feel bad that we're kind of going to call it in a little bit um, a little bit soon I think next time we have um, maybe if we have Val on before before the Rumble or we'll have a chat time, with her about next, it next time we have someone on we, we can have a little chat about that because I yeah. think that's a real a real topic that we can come back to um, you know because she was very interesting last time she was on and you know we could talk about you know because she's quite a traditional role what she's played on TV she's been the you know the, the wide-eyed um, timekeeper valet you know um, ring announcer that's worth noting by the way is that while we're talking about um, women fitting into certain positions, did you ever think Lillian Garcia was a token woman? Nope. I didn't. Nope. That, that, ro- that role is, is in, in, in... I think sometimes when you see someone like Jojo that's done it, I don't necessarily... I feel that she may be. She's not terrible, but... No. She doesn't strike you as having that sort of strong voice where Lillian was essentially taken over from Howard Finkel. Oh, Lillian, to her and credit, you, you you wouldn't you never thought, oh, it's a woman, or oh, it's not a guy. She was just very good. Go back and find your first two or three months of Raw that she's on. She's awful. Is she? Awful. Just doesn't sound right, getting people's names wrong. She's terrible to begin with. Nervousness, whatever it might be. But she lasted for years and years and years because she got good, and she's really she got really likable as well. She felt they could do an angle with her, couldn't they? They could do an angle with her where she was in peril or something like that. Yep. In the same way that they could, you know, break Jim Ross's arm to get some heat on the baby face, you know. And I don't, I never stood there and went, oh, Lillian, token woman doing the doing the job, as as sometimes there have been backstage interviewers or whatever, and you think Is that really the best person for that job, or is it just someone quite pretty that you're not paying very much? <laughs> and it's you know, you know be fair you know that's sometimes no no it's a fair point it's a fair point or sometimes it's someone oh, we've not really got anything for them let's just stick them on backstage and do an interview and uh, I, I remember mentioning this a little while but did you um did you ever see the thing a couple of years ago in the uh, I think it was in the it was in the IPL cricket I think it was the big bash actually down in the uh, down in Australia 
where Chris Gale. Do you, were you aware of this interview? No, I might be. I don't know. Not so There's far. A West Indian cricketer called Chris Gale, who's very well known for being a lot yes, of the stereotypes yeah. of a sort of laid-back, cool West Indian cricketer. Hits the ball miles. And uh, essentially, he was being interviewed by this lady on uh, on Australia. I think it was Australian television. It might have been New Zealand, but I think it was Australian television. Um, having just got out, and essentially he asked her out on telly and sort of went, "You're really pretty. Do you oh, want to come, yes, for, do you want to come for a drink yeah. later, sort of thing?" And it caused quite of a stir because it was seen as being, you know, very sexist and, you know, it put her in a very awkward position. And I'm not denying any of that at all. I think he actually got a match ban out of it for uh, for doing it. And I'm not, I'm not I'm not getting into that debate whatsoever. But what, what I am saying is. For all the outrage um, of that kind of thing happening, the woman that was doing the interview was on screen. Now, if that was an ugly bloke, he'd have been behind the camera to one shoulder, and you'd yep. have just had Chris Gale in the screen. Watch how often that happens in sport. Darts. If they've finished a game in the darts, if they're standing in the aisleway, if it's you know Dave Clark or someone doing the interview, they're not in the screen. If it's um, uh, I've forgotten her name, is it Law James? If it's her, she's she's there. Because she's, she's attractive, and that's that's something that's got to be taken out. You either, you either make an editorial decision that they're on the screen, or you make an editorial decision that they're not on the screen. It shouldn't matter if they're male or female. So by putting yeah, her out, they were obviously putting her out as quote unquote eye candy. I'm not saying she's not good at her job, the lady. She may well be. I wasn't familiar with her, but I thought it was double standards to sort of cry, "Oh, that sexist of um, of the cricketer." After the, they're essentially putting her in that position of being. Here you go. You're on. You're on screen because you're attractive, love. And, and I think this is. I think it's more of a society thing that we have to try and rectify, to try and get this kind of thing right, where we don't have that automatic bias in our head. But I think the truly talented people. Like, I don't think you watch sport on TV and think about Gabby Logan or Claire Balding or Hazel Irvin or people like that. I don't think of people like that and think of them as being women on television. I think of them being sports presenters. Because they're all very, very good at what they do, in my opinion. Um, and at times I don't think get the credit for how good they are. But so why do we make mention of um, of certain people? Maybe it's because they've not necessarily got the talent, and that's why they stand out. So you know, to, to try and finish this, and it's been a good talking topic. I'll say hmm. um, I'll say to Matt is that I absolutely think that there should be more women in those kind of positions, but they they have to be exceptional. And partly to beat the the, um, the the natural and wrong inherent bias that exists in society, but also because it would actually put the movement back so much further um, if they were if they were not up to it. Because the point is, if we'd have done the the quote unquote divas revolution now, the women's revolution six or seven years ago, it's all very well deciding oh let's put the women on TV in prominent positions, let them have longer matches. But if those matches had been between Kelly Kelly and Candice Michelle and Layla you know yep. it, it wouldn't have worked because they weren't very good you had a few wrestlers around that could work in that you know um, Melina Mickey James Michelle McCall got better but generally speaking the standard of wrestler in that particular era you know seven, eight, nine years ago was nowhere near as good as now is it you've got a legitimate everyone that we mentioned that's going to be in that tournament you know are up to it aren't they Absolutely, yeah. And, absolutely. and, th- and that's it's without bringing in. That's without talking about um, Paige, who's not in it, and some of the other girls that they've just brought up, and um, you know, and others that are in NXT. Um, so you have a real depth of a female wrestler now that can hold their own and, and stand up and 
and fight for that women's revolution where if it was just a tokenistic gesture um, and it was just full of no, you know, Nikki Bella got much better but if it was full of Bellas and if it was full of that sort of standard it wouldn't work you have to have people that can can do the job and be compelling and that's why you can get Charlotte working with Sasha Banks in a cell and you know making it a real event because the match was you know matches have been great so that's uh you've you've, I've, you've caught me there Matt on an unexpected uh um what's the word I'm looking for soapbox topic but uh well I I didn't expect that I've let you run on that one mate you might have noticed I've not said anything for a while and hmm. I think you know bravo to you mate I can't add anything to it good okay. that's not that's already true. been said well let's face it tonight is very much all about me um, because oh. uh, we we started off on uh, on uh, my huge success um, in influencing Titan Towers, uh, and now we're, we're finishing <laughs> on my march for women's rights. Rob, it's the festival of Robness tonight. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> never, <laughs> never have I heard something that was you committed to and then went, oh bollocks, I haven't got an ending for this. <laughs> now, I think it would have been funnier right. if you'd have just said Rob. It's the festival of <laughs> Rob. Yeah. <laughs> it's the festival of Robness. I quite like that. I think it works. No, I, I don't. I don't think it does. But uh, but that's the way it goes. We can't. Uh, not everyone can be a winner, can they? But um, yeah. So it's been uh, it's been nice to um, talk about me for a change. Um, because normally I'm quite uh, reticent about uh, about that kind of thing. I don't like the sound of my don't like the sound of my own voice. You're a wallflower. You're a meek and mild wallflower. Honest. Yeah, that, that, that is me, that is. Um, <laughs> right, so uh, we go on to uh, Clash of the Champions this Sunday. You can tell how excited we are about it. Um, but hopefully it'll be uh, a decent show worth watching. And uh, if we were... Uh, hopefully next week, it's the uh, it's the run-up to Christmas, but I don't see why we can't uh, get our heads together next week. And we intended, at part of this show, to have a little chat about some... Uh, our own inventions of end of year awards and we've not managed to get onto it but uh, we can certainly do that in the, in the coming weeks of, um, of 2017 and indeed um, if you have some ideas of that we'd, we'll, we'll have a little chat around the you know wrestler of the year match of the year you know show of the year kind of thing yeah. um, but we, we also want to talk about some you know, if you've got some suggestions for some other uh, you know topics um, we'll, we'll, we'll happily touch on it we're going to make it quite a sort of a, a loose um, discussion point rather than a set of serious awards, prestigious awards. Um, I always like it when whenever, whenever anyone writes the word prestigious in front of something, it immediately stops it from being <laughs> prestigious. You ever notice that? The prestigious so and so awards. I know exactly what you mean by that, actually. Yeah, it doesn't work. They they do it all the time about the um, about titles. They say the prestigious U.S. title, and it's like, mm, if you just said U.S. title, it sounds better than when you say prestigious. Yep, you're right. Um, but anyway, uh, I digress. So yes, we'll be doing um, some uh, end of year awards in a in a coming show, possibly next week. Um, we'll be looking at Clash of the Champions if it's uh, if it's up to uh, up to having a discussion. Uh, and we might. Well, I don't know when 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 is your sheep reveal? Well, my sheep reveal is likely to be Monday night. The plan is to get the final entries in the Thursday Friday. Uh, do the results over the weekend and reveal on Monday evening. That is the plan as okay. we stand. Okay, well there. So the theoretically, by the time you have the our next uh, next show, we'll also have done the sheep. Um, so we'll have a little chat about some of our favourite sheep questions. So um, plenty to be uh, to be going on, and I suspect we'll have a little bit more info about the uh, the MMC by then as well. So uh, plenty to come. Any final words, Paul? No. Um, 
mate thank you very much i know we've we've run it quite late tonight and let's face it we we had a very 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 bare bones of a podcast um when we started tonight but i think we've done done a decent job actually we've still ended up doing two hours so it's been uh it's been good fun and i've, in, I've enjoyed where it's gone so uh uh, thank you very much for everyone for uh, for tuning in. Um, just in case we don't get together before uh, next week, um, we wish everyone from everyone from Hooked On wishes everyone uh, listening uh, a very happy Christmas and New Year. Well, I'm sure you'll hear from us before then, but just on the uh, on the off chance. This is going to be like now. But, it's uh, going to be like where you say goodbye to someone and uh, you go out and wait for your taxi and it's 20 minutes and you're forced to come back in and say goodbye to them all over again, isn't it? <laughs> so that's what it's going to be like now. We have to say Merry Christmas next week. You've ruined no, it, Rob. No, You've ruined it. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I've not. I'm going to do a very basic one now, and then I'm going to do a nice proper one <laughs> next week. But what I'm trying to get to, mate, you'll, you'll see what I'm doing in a second. Is uh, I am suggesting that if you are stuck for a Christmas present, as, as as the time is ticking away towards Christmas, it's only what nine days, ten days as we're speaking. Um, you can give the gift of wrestling. If you have the wrestling, the wrestling fan in your life, then perhaps deciding to uh, pop down to London on. January the 4th for Wrestle Kingdom or to uh, maybe have a nice little night away in a hotel and come to watch uh, the Royal Rumble at one of our 14 venues across the country um, genuine, genuinely lovely little gift for Christmas so oh, um, cool. uh, if, if you want to give the gift of how we'll, uh, we'd love to be able to help you so um, that could be a nice little idea for you um, but until, uh, until the next time we speak um, uh, this is the um, the the king of in WWE inventions, Robert Nichol, saying uh, up the guiles and stuff those millers on Saturday so I don't have to sing. And uh, for me and Showbiz Paul Benson, a very good night. And uh, just remember, it's wrestling. Enjoy it.